rolling, Jerome. And action. That was kind of dope, though. No lie. All right. Welcome back to the Somewhere in America podcast. It has been way too long. It is January 22nd, and I think the last time we did an episode was beginning of November. So it's been way too long. Uh, the longest gap that we've had in a while. So I'm glad to be back. Jalen couldn't be here, but uh, he tried. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, share it with your friends, subscribe, rate, review, like us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, everywhere else. Uh, yeah, we're going to, oh, we're going to do a video podcast from now on. I think I've got everything set up, so, uh, should be nice and easy to get everything hooked up. So, uh, yeah, today we have a special guest. Uh, her name is Amy Ward. And she lives here in Roswell and did my first ever tattoo, uh, which is kind of cool. Right on. Uh, so, yeah, Amy, welcome. Thanks. Yeah. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, good. I'm, gl- I'm glad you're here. Uh, yeah, so just kind of a, uh, how we know each other. I, uh, I think you had a client that was a friend of ours, a friend okay. of mine. And uh, I was thinking about getting a tattoo. I didn't quite know where to go. And they were like... Uh, oh, go to go to this lady in Roswell. She's super cool and super clean and like, I don't know. She just, everything was super easy and so go to her. So I uh, I don't know if I just came in. I was going to college here. So I, I think I just came to the shop one day mm-hmm. and said, hey, what's up? I want a tattoo. So yeah. then we did it. Yeah, it's been a minute, huh? Yeah, it's been a while. That was like in July of 2015, I think. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to get to know a little bit about you and how you uh, kind of started tattooing or if that, if that's what you wanted to do from the beginning or, uh, yeah. How I started tattooing, huh? Yeah. I, uh, I went to school for art. Okay. I knew I would do some type of art. Mm-hmm. And when you're an art student, that's good enough. Kind yeah, of. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's a dude that I was in Portland State University, and there okay. was a guy that graduated just a little ahead of me mm-hmm. and had become a tattoo artist. And one of my friends is like, I'm going to go get a tattoo this weekend because he just got his license and we're going to sure. support him. And she said, well, come with me. I was like, yeah, I'm not a tattoo person. <laughs> sure. Really, though, yeah. I, I just thought I loved art, but I wasn't into the permanency of an mm. image, meaning I, I wasn't really sure that I'd ever seen anything that I would mm-hmm. commit to sure. skin. So um, I went with her to, yeah. just to hang out. And as soon as he said a couple magical words, which <laughs> were, well, you know, he said, uh-huh. if you want me to draw something or you want to bring in a painting, like I can do anything. Yeah. It's not, don't look on the walls, yeah. you know? And uh, that's what I was like, oh, yeah. you know, and I kind of got that the custom side of it was out there and that uh-huh. you could really do anything you wanted. Yep. So when, then I just did a, I did a little sketch Took mm-hmm. it into him. He's like, can I make it look cooler? And what's funny <laughs> is he did make it look cooler, but uh-huh. I, I decided to get like this rough looking um, kind of 
uh, cocktail, you know, napkin kind of drawing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did. I got a tattoo within a couple of weeks of that. Oh, cool. And then, uh, you know, I was eight, I was 19, I think. And so I was like, I'm going to have to save up for the next one. And uh-huh. I got another piece from him. Um, and he's still, his name's Louie. He's working at Atlas Tattoo in Portland. He's, he's actually, ha- you know, has a, a great, you know, um, career and he, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it was kind of cool to get something, you know, in cool. his formative yeah. years, but immediately I was looking around the shop, seeing a lot of art books, realizing that these guys are actually artists yep. and they're trying to put something really meaningful on people. And, um, so I was like asking him if I could apprentice from him and he's like, yeah, I just got done with an apprenticeship. So uh-huh. there's no way, you know, oh. these guys don't even want a new guy yet. It took me five years to get through mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to kind of hang out for a while before he started his apprenticeship. So it, it took maybe a couple of years till I found somebody that, you know, I, I actually moved back to my home state, which is Wisconsin. Okay. And, um, there I was just hanging with somebody that was a tattooist and, you know, I guess I just, um, asked if he would, could find me. That's the, that's kind of the hard, um, part is finding a mentor mm-hmm. that you actually want to learn from sure. <laughs> that isn't, you know? And so I did ended up fi- finding somebody that was willing to take me. And, uh, it was in the same, I went to college there, uh, in Oshkosh in okay. Wisconsin. It's oh, just yeah. university there. Huge, beautiful Oshkosh. There's a huge fly-in that's in there every year and there's like oh, yeah. thousands yeah, yeah. and thousands of uh, general aviation aircraft that fly yeah. in there all yeah, the time. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I got an apprenticeship and a year or so later I was tattooing and, cool. you know, um, I think that, that, it, that goes there yeah. at least. I, I was interested in it because I was only a 3d artist really. Mm-hmm. I did, I was going to school for like sculpture and ceramics and I still, sure. I still do that. Um, but it, it was a three, it was a three dimensional canvas. Oh. So to me, I thought that, that um, uh-huh. we're not painting on a, on something flat that's square or whatever, yep. you know, we're not painting on something that, um, that I, I needed that only has that, sorry, but only that one dimension. Uh-huh. I guess it's, you know, yeah. and, and I, um, it's missing that one dimension. Well, you know, yeah, actually, you know, something flat only offers a certain amount mm-hmm. of, you have to trick the eye in certain ways, but when it's 3d, you're literally using structure and you're, you're on something that, um, automatically has a three dimensional quality to it. Sure. And if you imagine like a mural that wraps around a cylinder, uh-huh. like it has to meet on the other side. So all that seemed really interesting and kind of yeah. like challenging yeah, and yeah. it was really challenging. In fact, it took probably, I could, I could pencil charcoal you know portraits and things you know when i was in school so i could do something on paper that i couldn't do on skin for probably three years wow you know because you have to use this different instrument and the media is um way different and so uh, it was this challenge of like oh man i thought i had kind of could get my eye to in hand to Mm -hmm. do what i wanted but it took a while to to get it on skin and and all of that was good challenges but it um I really didn't know I was going to be doing it. I've been doing it 20 years uh-huh. now. I really didn't know it was going to be that long wow. when I started. Like, yeah. I wasn't like, oh, this is my career. Sure. It just, um, just kind of happened. It happened kinda to kinda be something that I enjoy. And, and so awesome. I just stuck with it. Yeah. yeah. So out of high school, you were just like, oh, I'm going to be an art student. And so you, you go to high school in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So then you decided you were going to go to Portland, mm-hmm. uh, right, for, mm-hmm. for college, which is a fairly liberal place, probably a good place for a liberal art, right? Yeah, you and, know. Uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, it's funny. It's really well known as a liberal place now. I've been okay. told by people that I was there ninety eight. I graduated seven, so ninety eight, ninety nine. I was there going to school, um, and it it definitely had a lot of the same um, 
reg- it, ha- it had a lot of regulation. Sure. But it, it wasn't screaming liberal like it is now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I know it sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's changed since yeah. then. Uh, but yeah, but no, it has a lot cool. of art. You're right. Yeah. 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 I, I, and I, Music. When, when, sure. Yeah, yeah. When I think of Portland, I think of, yeah, I'm going to go to Portland to enjoy yeah, art and music and uh, it's Oregon, so the nature there is beautiful, yeah. you know. And uh, but like you know, like little artisanal shops and like mm-hmm. coffee shops and eh, I don't know stuff like that. That's what I think of when I. Yeah. I've, I've never been there. I wish Portland. Yeah, I've never been uh, to Washington or Oregon, so I'd like to go. Um, the in high school I was in bands. I played music. I played guitar. Sure. sure. And um. I went to school for fine art, so I knew I wasn't going to go into music probably before I was done with high school. Yeah. Because I could see what the whole, (laughs) it was like I didn't, the sign, the whole thing of signing and the way that the careers, you know, were back then. They're a little different now because people self record and obviously can be self sustaining like you are here, you know, so it was, it's way, was way different. And, um, and I just didn't even want to get in that scene where I'd have to deal with that. Same Mm -hmm. with like acting or something. But, But uh, definitely, it was it, the Seattle and Portland were places where some bands had gotten signed in the last. You know, sure. I was like, let's just go out there and get signed immediately. Yeah, yeah. So right. I, that was on my mind. I like uh-huh. that scene. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think it, you know, music and art. It all kind of runs together. Like I'm not a very good artist, but I definitely appreciate it. And uh, you know, I grew up listening and playing music, and so uh, yeah, it, it all kind of runs together. Yeah, a you're right. Bit. In liberal arts, yeah. have, you have to take all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, so talk to me a little bit about an apprenticeship. You're talking, you're talking about it, and I, I don't know. I mean, like you have to, like, what does that entail? Do you get to tattoo people while you're an apprentice, or? Sure. Like, uh, so here in New Mexico, we have a pretty good standards. There's a couple. Is it state regulated? It is state regulated. Okay. Um, it. There's there's a varying amount of requirements, but here in this state, most states are pretty are are making their standards. So you have to at least get some cleanliness training, mm-hmm. a couple hundred hours of that, and then you know usually you're like when I was trained in '99, um, it was it just took me being under a licensed practitioner, you know, mm-hmm. somebody who's already doing it. I had to have a license to learn, and yep. then he had to approve me, and the health inspector had to come and inspect me literally doing and setting and up, and, and you know, they kind of give you really? a once-over, and then every year they do the same thing. But to graduate, there wasn't a curriculum. There wasn't the school I went to or anything, and, and literally, you you know, you could compare it to like a journeyman. Mm-hmm. So journeymen often will learn certain things in theory, but then they'll have to go. At a plumber, one of my, one of my first good clients was a, it was a plumber and he said, you know, your job and my job are really similar yeah. because if I just put like the outlet and the inlet, I can literally make a whole city sick. Yeah. And if you, you know, did dirty work, you can make a city sick real quick too. Yep. And, um, and as a, as, that's why I think the journeyman, that's why I think the mentorship where you're literally working under a licensed person uh-huh. is, um, the only sane way to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is the yeah, o- yeah. And, and eventually, you know, in any school like nursing or you're going to have to go do some kind of a residency. Yep. So it's basically an observed re- residency under one teacher here. Yeah. Um, and that's how most states do it. And um, if you stretch me, I could tell you about some states that don't have the best standards. But honestly, at this at this stage, most people, most uh, states are given a, a decent standard for tattooing as far as they have to go through a curriculum and get approved and then stay licensed and yeah. kind of prove, you know, 
um, that they're submitting to somebody who can, they can be accountable to. So here it's like a 15, 1400 hours. And that means you'd have oh, wow. to, it's like kind of, it's like nine months for 40 hours a week or, you yeah. know, for, if it's, if you go 40 hours a week, uh, sorry, 30 hours a week, you could do like a, in a year. Yeah. So you do have to be committed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, uh, like a paid apprenticeship or is it all, uh, not volunteer, but so like an you, intern, you, you know, until, until you're, you know, if you're going to school, you're paying for it, yep. you know, and then it, when you can do work, mm-hmm. <laughs> then there might be some kind of a monetary thing. Like an, sure. if you're saying an intern would might get paid for their work, sure. but usually then intern is after they've gone to school. Right. So you're just actually giving them an in. Yep. And so in my industry, it's all independent contracting mm-hmm. or mostly, right. um, you know, these, these TV shows and some of the, um, yeah, mostly TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's, uh, there's other, I guess there's other venues maybe where they've done big podcasts and things where they've, uh, there's like YouTube shows and stuff. There is some, yeah. But I, I guess where there's monetized, mm-hmm. uh, at, like entertainment yep. with tattooing, definitely they're employing people cause yep. it's a different scene there. Right. And, um, in that scene, I don't really know how it all works, uh, as far as, uh, they can it's different it's like employees you know what i mean so uh independent contractors is most how most people do it and then you can you know your your tools of trade are yours and you know you you're an independent artist in that way so when i did my apprenticeship i uh they said okay i went to the shop started showing up doing whatever they wanted as far as you know i started off cleaning the walls and um a little bit of a a trial period to see if I fit in with the team, you know, sure. and then as soon as everybody was cool with me, then, and, and I, not everybody was totally cool with me sure. because they didn't want anybody, you uh-huh. know, um, tarnishing their name or whatever. And so it took, you know, it took me, um, I was, I was there almost 40 hours a week and I was drawing about 20 hours a week. Yep. And because of that, my mentor is like, you are sailing, you know, yeah. you're going to be out of here soon. And yep. so really my apprenticeship lasted me less than six months. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and what, what that means is, so he let me start sure. trying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to do some work. And, and I, I remember my first piece, I, I was saying I was ready. I, I'd done stuff on fake, you know, skins. Yeah. I've and, heard people say they like start on orange peels or like sure. pig skin or something. Uh-huh. Is that, is that? Yeah, you could. Yeah. I use pig skin too. Yeah. Um, which stinks and is nasty <laughs> to work sure. with. So um, I kind of wish I would have. I, I froze them for a while. Uh-huh. I kind of wish I would have tanned them, but literally they were so rank uh-huh. that I I was like, nope, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. You know. Yeah. I, I probably I could have done it. I took pictures. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you usually practice on not a person, mm-hmm. and then once you kind of have shown you can do everything you need to then you start with certain size pieces mm-hmm. you know and then but, it goes up from there and yeah. then as soon as you kind of like get that you you know what you're doing and, and your the th- and the tattoos are staying like in this state so you would do all of that within an apprenticeship you'd actually have to prove with healed pictures that they literally need if oh, even wow. if they had touch-ups they touch-ups would be finished and everything yep. uh, and so you give 10 healed pictures of the pieces that you've done and then you you can um get recommendations from a few of your clients and then your mentor actually writes this like, yep, they've done everything. And the curriculum is approved by the state. So the person that teaches has to have like five years experience Uh and get approved by the state to teach. And what they're usually looking for is that you don't have like all your failed inspections or, you know, you haven't gotten docked for doing things that they wouldn't want you to teach somebody. So, um, I do think the mentor is really important in that. Uh, but if someone wanted to get into it, you do have to have a license to even, 
train yep. and the purpose is because you're going to use needles on people's skin, right. you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. you have to throw the needle somewhere uh-huh. and you're also using ink on people's skin. And yeah. the only way you can get that stuff is if you have a license really? from a medical supplier. Oh, of course you could get on Craigslist sure. or I won't mention places in town, yeah, but yeah. you know, when you buy that stuff it and it's not coming from a medical supplier, it would fail an inspection yeah. and it, why it would fail an inspection because they literally have tested like, so there's a there's a article I have it in my shop, but it was through Pain Magazine, which is okay. actually out of Albuquerque, okay. and um, it's for the industry professionals. Um, so it, one of the um, one of the health, um, I guess he worked for the health department up in Albuquerque or the environmental health. Uh, he used to write articles, and one of the things that they did, or they found out that I think they found out uh, Colorado had done was basically they. They sw- they ordered a ton of stuff from yeah. all the magazines and Amazon or wherever you can find them, and then swab tested them yeah. and found out they were not sterile. Yeah. So you know, just coming out of a package, just looking like it's in a blister pack, has nothing to do with if it's mm-hmm. sterile in there. Like I always show people, my you know, there's ways sure. there's ways that medical companies you know can prove it on there. And, sure. And I guess that's the biggest thing, and you know, um, that you're not gonna get a, a bloodborne disease right. and ruin your life, your family's life, and that you're not gonna be even sort of thinking it's gonna be yep. spread into other people. So. Um, this state has a crazy uh, rap for that, meaning there's a lot of people working without a license. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a lot of people working with a license, yeah. you know, um, but like priorities would be a license, yeah. looking at the inspections, then their artwork, yeah. you know, and then sure. and then it's all good, you know, yeah. um, and if you like to hang out with a person and you don't think they're going to be crazy at you because some <laughs> yeah. tattooers have attitudes, but you know, that you, that you want to collect a piece of art from them, I think. Yeah. So, um, all that said, usually someone gets done in a year or two, depending on how much they can put into it. But they don't—they don't usually get paid until they start working, mm-hmm. you know. And they'll have a job while they're doing that, so that's why sometimes it takes longer. Yep. But um, some people get to the point where they've done all that and they can't bust out a line that's clean. Never, they can touch it up ten times. They don't know how to get ink in, so they just practice until yep. they can do those things, and then they'll get a professional license and they could kind of do whatever they could go wherever they wanted at that point. And since New Mexico is one of the highest in standards in the United States, um, Oregon, I, I probably will leave a few, I probably won't think of all of them, but there's, you know, a short list of, pe- of places that I think are up to our standards. So if you got trained in this state, then you could go anywhere. Yeah. If you got trained in a, in like a, a crap state. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually Arizona is a state that doesn't have any requirements for a tattoo artist. Okay. It, so the city might say you need a, a city business license or something. Sure. And of course you get that just to take money in. But the only laws they have are that you have to be 18 to get it. So there, it's more for the consumer. Oh. And so you have to be 18 to get a tattoo uh-huh. and that's about it. So anybody learning in, in Arizona that, you know, would want to come here, they'd probably have to go through some, they would have to go through some training. Yep. Um, their experience isn't necessarily um, good experience. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That, yeah. So would you, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You can practice, you know, yeah. perfect practice makes perfect and that makes you yep. not. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's permanent, yeah. you know? Yeah. So would you like, let's say you're an apprentice and you want to maybe practice on skin. Like, could you practice on yourself? Or is you there can, still you, some? No, you can, it, your mentor will always be there observing you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What, what if your buddy comes in and was like, Hey, can I get a tattoo? And you're like, yeah, tattoo him for whatever. That's the whole point. Yeah. It, I mean, you have to get practice mm-hmm. underneath, underneath someone's supervision. So, yep. You, um, the curriculum's like a few pages long. There's sure. theory and, you know, you learn how to use the tools. You learn how to sterilize or, you know, make sure they're sanitized. History of and, it. 
Sure. Yeah. And and at the end of it, you have a thousand hours where you observe and then you'd practice. Oh, wow. So the biggest portion of it, two thirds of it is actually, you know, practicing and observing. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know a lot of my, you know, a lot of people learn when they when they watch and, you know, then they go practice and then they can I watch you again? And Uh like, I forgot what you did or, you know, so ultimately they um, they go through this you know tier and as soon as they get to the next step they go to the next step and yeah tattooing your friends is definitely part of it because yeah. your friends are sometimes the ones that you can rope in to <laughs> sure. be a guinea pig you yeah, know yeah and and that's the truth yeah. I think it's kind of precious though you know if you, even if you got sure. a piece that like was their practice piece I mean if it's yeah. your friend I think they would like it either way yeah so in that way I'm totally cool with <laughs> yeah them pulling cool. people in yeah uh, that's awesome yeah I think that's really interesting. Uh, is there, is there any like common misconceptions that people have of tattoo artists? I mean, like, like I know, like I didn't like my family didn't have tattoos and mm-hmm. they like we were pretty conservative and uh, like I grew up in a small town Wyoming and just kind of okay. you know just small maybe not closed minded but a little bit and so like I had cousins that had tattoos that lived down like in El Paso and stuff and so I was like. I don't know. I, I, I almost always saw, and like, I didn't like their tattoos. Mm-hmm. And so I almost saw it as like ghetto a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And so then, but then you start like researching and you see tattoos and you're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And so then, I don't know. Is there like common misconceptions that, that people have when they walk into a shop and expect a tattoo a certain way or, well, yeah, the, I think there's a stigma or sure. like a, a social ghetto, if you will. Sure. Um, Meaning it's uh, it's done unprofessionally a lot. Mm-hmm. And a, uh, there is a history specifically in the Southwest sp- from California border to kind of Texas border yeah. where um, from the 50s, 60s, 70s on, there was um, a big insurgents of people doing tattoos in prisons and then that work after they got out of prison the gang scene Mm -hmm. um would you know would be doing it at homes and uh it's almost more acceptable by some people that their family member would do it because that's literally a culture that that's you know just you know it's our it's our parents kind of cult you know you know grandparents kind of it's not that far away. Yep. There's a um, there's a documentary that Danny Trejo did, and I'm forgetting the name of it. I might remember it. I have it. Um, and it's about that scene. And yep. It's really interesting because um, a couple of the bigger artists that that saw that people were actually talented, but they were doing it super dirty, yep. um, came in and was like, "Hey, you need to get in a shop." You know, uh-huh. and I, so they actually, some of those guys actually did create some shops and wow. pulled those people in, t- said, you have to wear gloves, you have to do, you have, mm-hmm. and, you know, but keep up with the art. So there was actually a response to that in a positive sure. way from people that were more schooled in doing real art. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's always been that scene, although tattooing used to be for like the royal. I mean, it's, sure. it's, a, it's not something that somebody, off the street, if you will, or that didn't have, a, that were in the, in the lower class would be able to afford. Yep. Um, and that was, it. that was like, we're talking hundreds, no, yeah, hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And, you know, the royalty literally like a couple, Prince Albert and a couple, he, I don't know if he had tattoos, but of course there's a piercing named after Prince Albert. Uh, yeah. Um, th- there's a couple of queens that had 
a lot of tattoos underneath their beautiful garb, yeah. but they would have someone hired to hang out and do that. Really? Uh, so that's maybe the beginning of home tattoos. It was yeah. in palaces or something, but yeah. <laughs> hopefully they did it clean. I, I don't know in the <laughs> yeah. Renaissance, but then, you know, here in America, there's a lot of traditional work done in like, uh, Coney Island or places mm-hmm. that people would go to tour and were trying to spend money or have a little entertainment. And then there, there's a guy, there's actually a book called illustrated man. Okay. Um, and it's about a traveling tattoo artist. And there was a scene of like early 1900s where they, they couldn't stay in one town and get enough work yep. unless they were in like Coney Island or something. So they would actually like take their box around and like do tattoos wherever they went. Really? And uh, their amount of flash was super limited at yeah. that point. Um, how do you, should I, shall I go there? Sure. Um, so the, the, I can, I have an unlimited amount of, ways that I can, you know, put a stencil on. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, uh, I'm, I'm not limited to just what it prints. I can actually do it hand drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually pens that they've made now for like permanent, um, sorry for, a cosmetic surgery that you can implant the, the pigment. And, you know, so, you know, they do oh, that, wow. uh, you know, Sharpies aren't made for that. I'll yeah. just put that there. Sure. But so there's lots of ways you can get that image on somebody's skin. Mm-hmm. And, um, when they made the, um, dot make jerks printer which you know did checks for people on a like a, a ply where there's a carbon paper in the mm-hmm. middle that changed the whole world in yeah. tattooing because now we can like print stuff and uh-huh. do whatever we want before before that they made these plates and they had them etched and then they put this powder in there that was colored and they would like i i, I think you know they would have it and like you'd have to kind of like it would it, gravity would take that powder down so you'd have to like do this and put it on you yeah. and um in that bird they did they they didn't really do uh, anything other than if they wanted to freehand something uh-huh. around it. So, but that bird might be done a million times, yep. and you couldn't mirror it if you wanted to. And you you know, so yep. they had like their handful of tricks, and that's their flash. Yep. Meaning here it is. Sure. Uh, we still have flash. It's definitely different. People, yeah. it's it's um, when I started in '99, there wasn't a very big custom scene. Okay. Almost everybody would have this flash on the wall. It could be Sailor Jerry. It could be anybody. In fact, people were making and producing flash and just doing that and selling yeah. it at conventions. And so I had a you know, big inventory of flash. But um, I, I met my husband a couple, uh, within the year of me starting. He was uh, actually apprenticing to Pierce from that same okay. place, uh, same place from the shop I grew up in. Yeah. And uh, so he was he was co-managing. So he was doing piercing managing. I was doing tattoo managing and he kind of like at one of the business meetings, like we need to, like all you do is custom. Most of the time you just pull your sketchbook out and do the work anyways. That was actually my whole bag as I was like, Oh, you want that bird, but can we make it different? Cause I did that bird already, right? you know, and I did yep. it six times already. And yep. you know, every time I've tried to change it, but like, let's just come up with a new bird. Sure. So, um, he said, let's just get rid of that stuff. It's just a, a crutch for people, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I thought that was going to be like, you know, uh, financial a deal breaker. Yeah I, th- yeah. I thought it would be where people wouldn't have, wouldn't want a tattoo because they couldn't see something and just pick it you know, yep. off the wall. Now we have like the internet and every, we have a little, you know, flash sheet sheet in our hands everywhere uh-huh. we go. So people, the flash actually is kind of, um, turned into more of people's custom original art that they want to do. Yep. They're not going to really, uh, some people do buy it and try to do it, but they'll never like nail it. Like right. the artist who drew it, you sure. know? So, um, that's kind of what I started doing in, in 2000 thinking, you know, actually I kept the flash up for a while yeah. and like just offered custom and then slowly pulled off the stuff I didn't even ever want to reproduce. Sure. But I, I, we had like six people working with us. So for their mm-hmm. sake, you know, they weren't all custom, yep. but that's definitely something that I've done since then that, um, 
now seems pretty normal and yeah. and it seems like that's honestly where what you should get when you go into a shop but when i started that was a, that was a huge um hurdle to kind of hey look at my yeah. sketchbook but there yeah. were some people that caught on there's a bunch of people that supported me in that um yeah. my husband was one of them that he's just like oh, i like that piece just do it yeah. i was like really like my work's good enough uh it was one of those things i had to just trust mm -hmm. uh one of my um heroes in this field because he just set the stage for a lot of artists and just challenged everybody to to do this is guy atchison he's got okay. hyperspace studios and hyperspace.com sounds familiar and uh, him and uh, his partner michelle wartman they're both uh their spirit behind what they're really trying to push is paint be an artist yeah. and then tattoo what you paint yeah you're not going to paint what somebody else is going to paint yep. and if you if you're invested enough in it that it that it was uh, aesthetically you know a good composition then mm -hmm. then it's good enough to put on skin and so i just uh, that my mentor did not teach me that but i did learn yeah. that within the first couple of years and i just that's really where i go with work and, and it's yep. it's tattooing is a really interesting thing because even when you came to me for your tattoo i wouldn't have been thinking of that that day you know yeah. it's it's this random thought uh -huh. from somebody but they're invested in it sure and um we even changed a little bit about what you were going to do, but most of it stayed the, stayed the same idea, the content, but the composition, I think, is what we yeah. played with. And yep. um, that part of it is, I think, just pretty precious that someone's willing to trust me with it. But then also yeah. I can put a little bit of what I think would be the best way to, sure. you know, to explore that idea. Yeah. And uh, so it's always this collaboration. I don't, well, I don't know how it can be like that with Flash, you know, if you yeah. just snag something off and you align with it. Although... Now being twenty years into it, I do have you know, a, in my in my um, portfolio work that I want to do. Mm -hmm. So I have created my own flash, and people are really just like, whoa, yeah, what is that? I like it, you know. But it's not something they were thinking, but they might want it because yep. they appreciate my work or they want to collect something from me. And I think that's also a good, um, going to be a good permanent piece if someone is sure. really. And I, it, the the more years that go by, the more that's what happens is, yep. um, I like what you do can you do it and uh -huh. you know with the piece that i want so yeah. um yeah i yeah. think i think that that gives where we can both put it, something into it mm -hmm. makes it cool well and i walk into a tat i walked into your shop thinking i don't know what i'm doing and you do and so i don't know i walked in thinking i want a tattoo and she's the artist so i'll give her an idea of what i want and mm -hmm. if she wants to change it to like i don't know you're you know what you think best you 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 know what you're doing and you know how it's going to fit on the body and right. whatever so I don't and know. that's I, that that's the original thing i told you that was kind of fascinating about it, it was like wow now i have to make a something fit on right. a body yep. and everybody's arm is longer than the other person they all have muscle that's uh -huh. different sinew and so every person's going to be really unique in that yep. um so uh you're right making something look good on a three-dimensional body is totally different in consideration it took me probably a few years like a good three years till i felt like i was even like i even got it yeah. you know and then at my fifth year i think i kind of like i really felt like i had an agenda on what i thought would look you know works really with sure. flow and sure. um you know what i mean by that is just that there's a flow to the body mm -hmm. so there is this this part of the composition that if you keep flow in it it always moves with the body and it mm -hmm. works and yeah. um was there did you ever study anatomy or anything to help with that mm-hmm yeah. yeah, when I did, when I went to school, I went for, uh, I only did about three and a half years, I think. I was almost graduated when I was doing my tattoo apprenticeship, and then mm -hmm. I ended up buying the business about a year later, and that's about when I was in my fourth, would have been my fourth year, and I 
probably would have had to go about six years to get sculpture. So I knew I had yep. a little bit going. But up until that, I had literally taken every 2D. And so I took figure drawing ever, you know, oh, for, yeah. for six or seven semesters. Uh-huh. When I was younger, I started, um, I really wanted to do clay and ceramics. And yep. I would often sculpt figures. It was just something that I instill in, in now. Like I used to do a lot of smaller stuff. And in the last couple of years, I've actually started doing like lifestyle, hmm. you know, uh, human sculptures and stuff. Oh, and wow. How's that? What's really interesting is I went to school for a while, you know, felt I understood the anatomy. Sure. But then I, um, I had to back off on some of my fine art because I was doing tattooing more than 40 hours a week. Yep. And so at some point you could, I couldn't do everything. And that's when I quit school because I was like, it's either that, I mean, I'm running a shop with six people and, you know, I'm, I need to be there and, you know, not try to spread it so thin. And, um, but, but what happened was, I studied the body doing tattoos for a long time yep. and I saw so many different body types yep. and I, I could look at somebody and probably know the measurements of their, you know, width or length. So that's what you need when you're going to sculpt. So now sure. going back into sculpting, um, because I, I, I took a, um, I, I've been here at the Roswell art museum. Aria Finch is the instructor there. She's so, um, She's so amazing in how she's encouraging and, and she's really knowledgeable in how the clay works, but she often brings in workshops, you know, has people come on in and, and, and show their skills. And so a, f- a few years ago, I took a class just, you know, sculpture in a specific, you know, and, um, and I learned pretty much what I wanted to learn in college, but uh-huh. it was kind of hard. Um, sculpture is different than ceramics okay. and um, sculpting with ceramics I had a, a really old school professor that was like, we're not doing that here. We're doing ceramics. Yep. And um, he was like, choose one. Uh-huh. My sculpture professor was super cool. His name is TC Farley. He's still there. He's he's cool, cool, cool guy. Um, but uh, he, he was like, just do your thing. Uh-huh. You know, he encouraged me. And so what I wanted to learn was how to, you know, sculpt a ceramics, a hollow, hollow form. So you could fire it like that. Yep. Traditionally, they do it solid, cut it in half, hollow it out, put it mm-hmm. back together or solid in, in a different type of wax and then make a bronze cast out of that, you know? So there's, um, there's ways of doing sculpture that are usually done solid. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. got to learn no, this good. technique that I think was pretty amazing. And, um, and ultimately since then I started sculpting more bigger and it's funny because I know why I've been tattooing and kind of letting that lie for a minute because I, I learned so much mm-hmm. about the body and it's not, a big stretch for me to throw it into something that's life-size um because i know it sure but if i wouldn't have had that experience i i th- i think i would have had to find it some other way yeah. and it just was really cool that i i kind of was blessed with learning while i was you know waiting yeah. on sculpting and and the same thing with tattooing has now affected me in my sculpture i know it has yeah. so i'm, I'm t- constantly considering the flow of that body more than just the body yeah. you know i'm thinking about design yeah, cool. Yeah, it's kind uh, of fun. Yeah. Was there anything difficult about being a woman when you first started out? Like tattooing? I don't know. I, like, and maybe I'm uneducated and it could I be part of being, like, I don't want to use the word sheltered, but like there was no tattoo artist around me where I lived. Yeah. And so I didn't know. And so, I don't know, in my head, I was like, oh, only dudes tattoo. And so like in 2000 was that uncommon to be a woman tattoo artist or mm-hmm. yeah i remember when i uh got hired they liked that i would they but also you know there there was other females doing it sure. um but 
I remember we did a couple of radio shows right after I got my license. Like we have a female part of it is just offering both. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, because some people might want a guy, some people might want a girl. Yep. Husbands usually want their girls to get tattooed by girls. For sure. Not always though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and honestly, I don't think it matters. I, I think that, uh, a professional is a professional mm-hmm. and just as many on both sides. There's no gender that isn't that that's always professional. There's no gender that's, yep. you know, the opposite. So, yeah. I, I do think that it was rare and they used it to advertise, you know, to kind sure. of market. But um, part of it, you could almost kind of say the same thing for nurses. Uh-huh. Like there's, I, sure. could, I could be uneducated too, but it seems like there's more female nurses. And I think part of that is the bedside manner uh-huh. and the attributes that females kind of are born with, like nurturing and, mm-hmm. you know, they... Um, sensitive to you know maybe another person's needs mm-hmm. or you know maybe that's why there's more nurses i don't really know there's, there's plenty of male nurses that are amazing sure you know um and so i i do think that there's that offer like the people that can be have good bedside manner and can have be sensitive to that person and, and can um work with anybody yep. you know and just i think that there's something to that part of it is kind of a like there's no there's a maybe it's disarming sure yeah <laughs> you know it's uh-huh. uh, you know you're not as intimidating uh-huh <laughs> maybe yeah. i don't know um and so that that might but i think uh since 99 maybe maybe there was a big difference in like 2005 maybe even more of a difference 2010 it seems now it is doesn't matter you know there is both and everybody um maybe part of it had to do with you need some strength um not that women are weak but like it's just sure there's work you have to Mm -hmm. do work and it's like hard and you're sweating around other people Uh has a mechanic side to it you know there's um the bloody side of it Mm -hmm. you know i don't think any of those are like specifically to a certain gender what they go to but sure um i think that there's a there is a predominantly male history of it you know but do you do you you think that comes out of prison culture maybe well you know it depends what decade you're talking about because there is a lot of there is a lot of uh difference in the job scene period like how many women are working you know every decade that Mm -hmm. changed you know from the 50s on yep um Maybe there's that um, that criminal aspect, and I mean, it, it's really it sucks that it's the truth, but there's a lot more that are in prison. Like earlier, you asked about it. Is it always? Is there a huge scene that's you know ghetto, or is is that a correct stigma to put with it? Well, you know, there was it used to be for sailors uh-huh. because you know, and so you know they were traveling the world yep. and they were getting tattoos and that was one of the really big um pushes in traditional american history with you know guys that are in the navy and mm-hmm. um and the females that got it were not always like branded um modest or yeah or ladylike yeah for the yeah. times I, yeah. I mean uh there's a there's a sticker that probably an old saying that I have in my shop, but it's uh-huh. like, it's not for sailors and whores anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and at some point that was what was assumed. Either you're yep. in a circus act, yep. you know, and part of it is cause like that's elective, you know, you didn't need to do that. Why sure. did you do that? Sure. And, um, and so the stigma of it would be, um, 
do you look professional? Can you yeah. get a career mm -hmm. if you if you're too tattooed up? I mean, there's people these days that they're they're beyond the point of getting a job as yeah. a lawyer or anything. You <laughs> sure. know, probably because of that. I mean, uh -huh. they make pretty good makeup out there, but yep. you know, there's some people that are beyond the point. But literally, almost every ad I see now in magazines, I mean, there's somebody with a tattoo. Yeah. It can be like mm -hmm. for the medical industry or anything, yep. your teacher. I mean, I I've seen it everywhere, which is, that's startling, you yep. know? Um, but I think that it used to be if you showed that you wanted to people to look at your skin and that was really a, mm -hmm. um, uncouth, you know? So I think part sure. of that industry started with men because men were mostly the ones that would leave home and work. Yep. And, um, you know, so for that reason, and like the mechanic side of making a machine, everybody used to have to, you know, mm -hmm. they were more involved in that and a little bit, um, guys are a little bit more, you know, gear oriented, I think. Sure. Um, so I just take my machine to guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, actually yeah. the guy that made my machine, one of my favorite machines, Sessafari, um, the, that is the truth. He made a custom machine. And when I had tried to like tried to fix it the first time I was really new at it, uh -huh. I almost broke it. And I was like, can you just fix it for me? But literally <laughs> people that are good at that, at machine building or good at, you know, ink making or good at, you know, they, I think that I should defer to them until yep. I feel like that's my, you know, I've gotten a master in that, yep. but um, I think the stigma comes from conservative side mm -hmm. and um, I do often hear people saying, you know, my grandma says it's, you know, against the Bible and sure. she believes in God. I believe in God, but uh -huh. I'm still going to get it. And what's really weird is my grandma has eyeliner tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, there, I know there's a, this kind of like, um, probably for a lot of reasons, like, Hey, I don't know if you can get a job if you get uh -huh. a tattoo. Of course, you know, if it's apparent, like I made that perfect body, so don't screw it up, sure. you know? And, and then there's the side I think that is just, it's not okay mm -hmm. under God because he, he gave you that, you know, and, and now you're, um, graffitiing, uh -huh. you know? And, um, I mean, I, I literally have sought out people when I first started tattooing, if I can go here, sure. you know, in that yeah, specific, that, cause I thought about that stuff. I was mm -hmm. like, Am I going to hurt somebody doing it? Uh -huh. So I researched ink and what really happens on like a molecular level to make uh -huh. sure I wasn't going to like hurt somebody. And yep. then when I found out we could do, you know, and I always, I use a standard in ink that I know it's not going to have metals or it's going to be tested, you know, individually. I use the European grade standard, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, I, I don't want to hurt somebody doing it. And when, um, you know, I, I sought out, what is, you know, people bring up that God, you know, it's defacing the temple. Sure. I care about that. Sure. You know, I care, I care about caring about people and myself. So, yeah. um, I, all those questions rolled through my mind as I'm apprenticing, like I was yeah, already yeah. got a tattoo, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, like my first tattoo, I walked in, trusted everything the guy said, well, I did know of him. It was a pretty amazing shop. Uh -huh. It had been there for a while, but, um, until I did it, I didn't ask a lot of the questions that I actually now encourage people and educate people mm -hmm. on, because if, if you don't understand that, then the next time you get a tattoo, if it's not for me, you know, you're, you might just, yep. you might not get the best thing you could. Mm -hmm. And, um, so Mike Kaiser is somebody that I, I, I met in 2003. He's got a PhD in like ancient Semitic languages. Yep. And, um, and I do use him to source out if I, if I need a Hebrew translation, sure. he's amazing and done that for me many times. But, you know, <laughs> I, I thought that I could understand what, you know, was right or wrong. I really thought if you did, it's just like getting your, your teeth drilled. Yep. Uh, some facials, you know, are invasive, you know, there's anything that you do, yep. if you do it with a, somebody who's not going to hurt you and mm -hmm. somebody who has a license and you know, you're doing it in, in a safe way. Yep. We do a lot of elective procedures that change us even permanently. Sure. And dental's the, the easiest one, yep. you know, to bring up because we all, you know, 
do that. And um, so, you know, even LASIK now and all yep. that stuff, you think, well, that's changing your body. But if you go to a professional, that's not yeah. going to hurt you. And it's thinking about your health and all that. Yeah. Even if you go get surgery. I mean, I know yep. people have, you know, there's a lot of people in this, in, you know, that go through the health system and they get sick because they go through it. Yep. And, uh, you know, so seek out a doctor that's not going to hurt you sure. and, and do your research on that when yeah. they're going to be invasive. But uh, Mike Heiser wrote a, a really cool like response to that for us. And we actually have it in the shop and I'll, I, I'm going to throw it on my website too. Um, but basically, you know, we can get into that if you want, but you know, the response is, you know, there was some pagan practices that were doing that mm-hmm. to communicate with the dead gypsy lore, you know, kind of talks about they couldn't bury their dead because they were traveling. So they would take the ashes, put it in their skin, and then they'd carry that person with them and be able to talk to them and stuff. And so some of it, you know, is done for reasons that, um, you know, might not be healthy for your mind. (laughs) If you think that you can, you know, that you're, you know, that, but I guess I don't in any way, uh, try to, um, I just take people's word for it. You know, if they're doing it for something positive, I, I don't really put anything into it other than that. Yep. Um, and, and so some people do bring those questions up to me like, well, what do you think? You know, they're doubting it, but they still want it. Uh-huh. And so I, you know, I feel good about what I'm doing and I think they should, if they're going to do it too, but yep. I definitely have explored that. And I try to give, you know, educate people a little bit when they ask those mm-hmm. kind of questions. Cause I think that's really where that stigma probably comes from is sure. like, it's just your temple and don't deface it. Yeah. And I agree with that, you yeah. know, and, um, but there's, like I said, you know, you could get sick if you drank the wrong water, sure. you know, so you do need to yeah, think yeah. about what you put in your body and uh-huh. all that. So, um, I, I don't think it's, I don't think there's anything that says specifically don't do that unless it's really part of something you're, you're yeah. do, you know, and they used to, they used to do lots of uncleanly and, uh, in practices, you know, where yeah. they'd, um, yeah, like share, you know, sh- share anyway. needles and oh, no, I mean like, you know, old school, like we're talking old Testament and stuff like they were, oh. they were probably bloodletting uh-huh. and they were trying to like, some of that actually had human sacrifice involved yeah. and there's just some crazy stuff that was going along with it that it definitely wasn't saying if you're yeah. going to a clean shop and getting mm. a tattoo, it was, yeah, yeah. that wasn't the scenario. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I've, <laughs> I, I asked a pastor one time I was like, Hey, is there anything in the Bible that says like that getting a tattoo is wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, cause I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and, uh, he was like, mm, no, not really. Right on. So I was like, all right, cool. And then my sister, uh, who's going to a Christian college in Phoenix. Oh, okay. Uh, she, yeah. So she's, uh, going to school to be a music minister, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, but you gave her a couple tattoos mm-hmm. and she didn't have anything. She didn't have any reservations about it really. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything as from a religious standpoint i don't think there's anything wrong with it yeah a lot of people will say um my grandma doesn't like it and i'll be like so why well you know she tells me and so basically there's a little bit of this like um spiritual bullying but Mm -hmm. without any proof or any any and so i always just say well that's a good conversation like let's get in the word like get in the word with her and see where it is Uh, yeah um what what mike kaiser pulls (laughs) out in the hebrew is that a lot of people like to quote leviticus 19 i think it's 28 and um to not get a mark or cut Uh, on your body and the word tattoo isn't that old actually it's um the actual tattoo word um is not in the bible Mm -hmm. so it's cut or mark yourself Mm -hmm. you know and um 
that word and that verse is the one most people quote. quote. Yeah. It's literally only in, in Hebrew once in the whole Old Testament. So yeah. there's not even like a second or third witness on it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people quote that one. Yep. And um, I think, like I said, I think the real, the only argument you could kind of pull out would be your body's a temple, mm-hmm. you know? And um, and so just do it in a way that's that's treating your body like sure. a temple, you know? And that's the other thing about the ink is because you could put ink in that has like heavy metals. And so that's important. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, because that, there have been people that, you know, have had lymph, you know, it probably goes in their lymphatic system if it doesn't come out straight through the skin. But, you know, so there's people yeah. that have come up with lymphoma and things from, from ink and, and it definitely is the truth, but it's individual basis, and yeah. it's usually probably something that had to do with the application. If somebody is using poor quality, anything could have yep. been the needles, could have been the ink, but um, I think that's the only one you could really stand on. But it's a good convo. I think um, some of it's just a controlling nature of, sure. of conservative parents wanting their kids to have all the options they could ever have, and they think tattoos might take that option away. Sure, and um, it is it has changed as far as the scene. In fact, I do removal. Yeah. without a laser uh-huh. so um how does that work so i tattoo in an exfoliator okay and the exfoliator and i've been doing this since 2005 and um i was trained to do it by somebody um from a, a school called premier pigments but they did it for facial removal oh. so that it wouldn't be scarring mm-hmm. and you know you don't want to take a laser on eyeliner on eyelid or anything sure. you know I, I, they might do it but um laser kind of came into the scene in the 80s and don't quote me on that. I just mean like it was it was more popular mm-hmm. to do use medical, but they're expensive equipment. That's expensive yep. equipment. And so, what I understand of the history of the removal process, I do. It started in 1888. There's oh, wow. this uh, French doctor named Dr. Variat. It was approved for medical um, under medical. Uh, I guess they didn't do tattoos medically, uh-huh. but they proved and made a paper that it was a that it was a medical process they could do mm-hmm. and it would work so i guess in that way it was just approved medically sure and so they used tannic acid and they it tattooed it under the skin now okay. the professional artists that were using the machines wouldn't scar the skin yeah. but like a doctor might because he just pulled that out and right. started doing it just then um so they had they did have good results with it and in about the 50s they found out tannic acid was carcinogenic if you mm-hmm. have large quality quantities of it I mean, tannic acids in our tea, like the, the brown part of okay. the tea is tannic acid. So, you know, there's, sure. but to do this, they, they kind of 86 it and mm-hmm. it fell off the face for a while. And there wasn't a lot of practitioners that did it, yep. you know? And then in um, the eighties, I believe is when they started doing this, um, started using like plant-based acids. So I use something that's made from a plant, you know, and, uh, it's uh, something they might use in a salon and like put it on the surface and then it would flake off new healthy skin like three to five times that month. Sure. So with me, I actually implant it. And since I can get there and get out of there without yep. scarring you, then it actually flakes from that ink up. And kind of like an elevator, like brings uh-huh. it up. It's multiple sessions, just like laser, but yeah. there's just the advantages of no scarring. Mm-hmm. And then it's not as invasive. You're not getting like a second degree burn. Yeah. And when they say it's a little more natural. Yeah. When you do this, when you do the laser, what it does is they tune it and it blows up that ink in the cell uh-huh. and then it has to like it tran you know it it's transient and uh-huh. it goes wherever it yeah. doesn't come straight out through that hole yeah. you know in fact you sometimes i've i've actually had to deal with people that have had laser and they don't want to go back because they get a scar on the surface mm-hmm. so i would guess that it would be in your lymphatic system at some point yep because that's what would gather your extra you know and so i that process to me is pretty creepy yep 
And so that's, uh, my husband wanted to get some removal. And one of my clients had gotten some laser and gotten a big scar from it. And so he's like, can you help me? And I was yeah. like, no, I'm just, I just do tattoos. <laughs> like I'm not into racing, but, sure. um, but you know, she, she was like, well, if you ever want to. And then when my husband wanted to, he, I was like, oh, I think I could learn it. And then I, I found somebody to train me and then uh-huh. I, I learned to do it and I've been doing it ever since. But, um, they, most of them were using it on the face. And uh-huh. so there's not really a lot of us out there doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Interesting. it's, you know, it's an alternative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's people that use all different, uh, percentages of that acid. Uh-huh. And so my goal with what I was trained and how I do is to not scar and to be, you know, um, so the skin looks like it, you know, intended. Sure. but some people do the same process as I do and use like a really high strength acid mm-hmm. to just get it out maybe quicker, but it can scar too, yep. you know? Hmm. So I, I do more erasure than I do both, but like if someone has something that they can't deal with and we can't, the cover up isn't, is a compromise and we yeah. just erase what we don't want. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm doing it. A bunch of people. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. Is that, do more people come in wanting a tattoo than wanting a race or, or yeah. Removal? And it just keeps them all options, you know? Yeah. yeah. Most collectors, tattoo collectors don't want to hear the word removal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then part of it, I think, is just like, well, I collected this as mine. Sure. And then there are part is I think it's going to be painful and expensive. But yeah. it's laser is very painful, I yeah. think. Uh, it's just like getting a tattooer, not as much. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Interesting. Is there is there any tattoos that, like, I know you have, like, a waiver or something that, that people assign when they walk in. But are there tattoos that you will not do or, like, you know, refuse to do or just don't like doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, same thing. Like when I started, I was like going through this, like what, where am I at in this? What do I want to sure. do? Is there anything? I, I asked myself those questions and I think those standards came out of me being, I want to do something custom that I'm really invested in. Mm-hmm. And so part of it has to just do with the piece of art. Could I get behind it? Am I excited about it? Is it something that's like, you know, my forte? Yep. I, I do tend to be able I have a, I have a interest in a lot of styles, so I do like to do fusion, and I'm I'm pretty open to doing almost anything. But um, there are some things that when people ask me, I was like, you know, I'm just not excited about that. Yeah. Like this guy over here, he loves doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and but are there things I won't do? Yeah. Um, yes, like hate crime related. Mm-hmm. And there's a few different things that could fall in there. Sure. Um, it's funny. Some people ask for that kind of stuff. And I'm like, why do you want it? And uh, what I mean by that kind of stuff is maybe it's a symbol. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something that's even a thousand year old symbol. It just has like some kind of history that has negative stigma. Mm-hmm. And I just try to educate him, say, hey, this is what the this is what it comes along with. Is what people are going to think when they see it. Mm-hmm. And um, usually just educate him and see whatever they want to do. And sometimes I can get a cooler piece out without like trying to recreate a symbol. Sure. But when I was in Wisconsin, it was not long after I started that somebody wanted like a German uh, shield thing. And it was all set up for me. I got to the shop, I did it, got done. And my husband's an amazing researcher. Um, And and I just take that for granted kind of, but like the next day he's like, hey, guess what? You did a Nazi (laughs) eagle yesterday. (laughs) And I was like, what? And it was kind of not like something... I thought it was like off of his family crest or something. Cause it really sure. looks like a lot of those, but you know, it basically was something the SS had used or something. And then yeah. that guy and a bunch of his buddies thought I was just like someone that would do not, you can do anything swastika. Oh. So they, they're like, Hey, now we want a swastika. And I was like, Hey, yeah. it was so easy to say no to the swastika. Yeah. Um, 
and and I think yeah, it was so easy. And yeah. but but I'll just say that was probably the easiest one. Yeah. Um, and and when people ask me to do stuff that I'm like, I kind of think that that's a hate crime symbol. Mm-hmm. Like you know if it's gang related or whatever. Yeah. I, I just I honestly don't want to back any gang. Yeah. And I don't affiliate with them in that mm-hmm. way. And and you know because I'm not gonna like back one and have a gang war sure. in my shop. Or <laughs> but you know yeah, yeah. ultimately the whole purpose is just that if if it's there if someone's getting something in it. It's it says you know general disrespect mm-hmm. and and like murderous you know thoughts. I'm I'm sure. just not into promoting that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's lots of people that do. In fact, I won't mention the person, but there's somebody who's a big name artist, one of the biggest dudes in the world uh, as far as he he's very well known, and he will only do satanic stuff. Really? So he turns down everything because that's his forte. Yeah. And so when people want stuff that's like in that line, and you know it's it's super. And honestly, I will, I'll be cool with representing like the fight, you know, there's, there is good and evil and I'm not worried about, but like glorifying Mm. murderous things and hate crime stuff. uh, That's where I'll be like, dude, he loves doing that stuff. Like go to him, you know, um, that's it. You know, I can remove it if you don't like it later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, there's some things like that and you know, I think people would ask me for stuff that was like pornographic and I, I really, I really kind of, as a woman, definitely stand strong. You know, if you're objectifying somebody, sure. you know, you could probably try to argue that there's something that this, whatever, you can make an argument for it. And yep. if, if I, I definitely like to have those conversations. Sure. I'll just tell you, there's things that looked one way to me. And after the conversation, I could tell where that person was trying to get behind and I could get behind it. Yeah. So I really don't have any... There's, there's nothing that I, I won't have a conversation about. Sure. I enjoy that because yeah. I think um, most people really actually want something and they just maybe have seen it on somebody else and honestly don't even really understand what, sure. they're, what they're getting. But yeah. if I was going to paint like a something for their bathroom, I probably wouldn't. I mean, there, there'd probably be a lot lower of a standard in that. Sure. But um, I think that because it's permanent, I feel like I, I, yeah. I need not give them something that when they get on the street, somebody's going to you know, suck yeah. their lights out for yeah. be offended by. <laughs> and plus if they said that I did a swastika, I would feel like I kind of tarnished my own name. With sure. That. So in, yeah. in a way that's it. I wouldn't, I've had a lot of those conversations though. And kind of like I had somebody want to get like two stick figures, one like shooting the other one's brains out. And, oh like, yeah. And like something like the word hate was in the little thing or whatever. Yeah. Die or something. Yeah. And I was like, you know, you're fun and I know you want this for a fun reason. Uh-huh. I can tell like you're trying to just make a joke and like I get it. You hate the other gender and you whatever, uh-huh. but like inspire me and like uh-huh. you want, you, let me run with whatever. Like you're just, you're kind of talking about like their gender power is what they were really they're like. Go me. Uh-huh. I'm excited. Proud to be myself. Yeah. And so we did something. We actually did the piece. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do that piece, but sure. I totally, you know, and I, I definitely said, you know, I'm not trying to change your mind. Like you can yep. do it. And, but, um, it com- cool stuff comes out of that sure. because, you know, like I said, people see an image and they, they have, they, they think it's cool, yeah. but, uh, if I can give them something better mm-hmm. and it doesn't have that negative stigma, mm-hmm. then we often roll on it. It's happened cool. tons of times. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do like face tattoos or portraits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or no, like p- on their on face. The face. Yeah. 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 There's like uh there's an area around your mucous membrane, like within maybe a half inch or three quarters of an inch that the thin the skin gets super thin and I won't work on. Yeah. Um kind of reserved for permanent cosmosis, but I don't do sure. per- permanent makeup. Yeah, so yeah. if it's it's a picture if it's uh-huh. on your face. Cool. Huh. Uh 
Yeah. I've done know. sideburns on people. Uh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like tattooed tribal sideburns. Interesting. I need sideburns. <laughs> and you know, there's this one tattoo. A lot of people say, you know, it's a prison uh, um, symbolism that ha- it's like teardrops, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so every person you killed, you get a teardrop. Sure. Or, and it might be a gang or yeah, yeah, a prison. I've heard that. So yeah. I had this um, this lady that was easily in her in her in her 60s or 70s and she wanted um like three teardrops like a pink and a blue and a purple or something like uh-huh. that and so like right away i'm like so why do you want this and yeah. she's like oh because you know it had to do with her grandkids uh-huh. and had she was 100 percent oblivious yeah to the any <laughs> of the you know and uh-huh. i could tell by you know just how she's talking to me like there was nothing that she was trying to say that sure. was weird or negative yeah. or you know and, but, you know, I told her what the stigma was. She goes, I don't care. It's yeah. my tattoo. Yeah. And we did it. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, there's that cool. kind of thing that it definitely could be in that if there was a list that, you know, somebody was looking at of, of, you know, gang symbols. Sure. I mean, this is, yeah, actually has been uh, dubbed a, a gang symbol. Really? Uh-huh. That's super popular, especially around here. Yeah. Everybody wants to see a symbol. Yeah. And there's a kind of a specific one, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, you could look it up, but, um, they actually will screen people that have those and yeah. they go in when they get arrested or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so whenever somebody wants one now, even though I, I, I don't think that, um, I think that everything was created good. Right. Sure. And then, um, maybe, people. maybe not every symbol, but you know, the thing is, it's what you put into it. Yeah. It's 90%, yeah. you know, intent and 10% content. And so I've told every single person since I've heard that, just so you know, yep. it's now on the list in I don't know if any of them would back down from it yeah. because of that. You know, yeah. one guy did say, well, thanks for telling me because I want to be a police officer. I was sure. like, yeah, well, you know, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that they, they really is kind of a, a specific thing that some gangs are doing. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Virgin Mary on your forearm was a gang symbol for a while. Really? And yeah. But you know, it doesn't mean everybody who got that, you know, so associated that with it Yeah, infiltrate and claim it back, you sure. know, yeah. you yeah. know, it doesn't have to be negative yep. if you don't put that into it. Um, so, but yeah. I think, I think that the mentality of doing it out of houses, a lot of that came from, you know, we want a gang symbol and they won't give it to us at a shop sure. or we don't want them to know, or it was like, you know, there was an avoidance of the, of the, um, legit scene. Yep. And so in a way that's kind of part of that is, uh, they probably that that scene might always want to go you know underage mm-hmm. to a house or whatever and um you know it's it's something that i i hope people could hear that it's unclean and not want to get sick and you yeah. know and not do it for that reason but mm-hmm. it's literally steeped you know and they've seen it since they were so young that it's actually a little bit you yep. know um acceptable but you know who really who misses like loses out on that is you know the kids that get something super young that now they have to pay for removal uh-huh. or, you know, their career is kind of like limited. Um, and, or, you know, really think about like, where do all those needles end up? Yeah. Like the poor trash man, Yeah, you know, like he's yeah. the one having to like dodge needles and stuff. And, uh-huh. and, and the other side of it is some people that don't have licenses, they probably could have hepper hip, they could be sick already. And, mm-hmm. you know, out of prisons, a lot of that, a lot of that happens, yep. especially when they get tattoos in prison. Cause what's happening is they're like burning some, something you know uh-huh. uh, styrofoam or plastic or something making some ash and putting in people well do you think they go out and get a new needle every yeah, time no, you know what i mean yeah. and so it's just then one person has it and everybody has it yeah. because they're all getting it so it's it's really common and the cool thing is that 
when I first started tattooing, hepatitis C was the, that's the one that's going to take you out. You know, the sure. other ones are curable. Well, they came up with a cure for hep C, yep. you know, in the last few years. So wow. I just, you know, I, I asked my doctor just, cause I got a lot of clients that have had work done at a house and, you know, I, I asked her, you know, if you had ever had a needle poke on the job and you didn't know who it was, how long would you test yourself if you were wondering? Sure. Because it takes a while to incubate, mm -hmm. and most people are like, oh, I got a blood test three months after, so I'm going to be good. But the truth is about 20 years. Really? And just keep getting blood tests for 20 years, and then after 20 years, you're good. That is crazy. So that's like the gift that they're given, you know, other yeah. than a free tattoo, yeah. is just to wonder for that yeah. long. And the people that they're, you know cohabiting or their partners or their wives or husbands and their family and everybody has to wander for a long time. Wow. Uh, the thing is, it's cool is if they find it, you know, and they don't wait 20 years mm -hmm. after they find it to get, you know, to deal with it, they can get cured. But, um, but that's the part of that scene that I think like our, our state is, I think it's, it's a, it's un it's a top five. It's, I think it's number two in the whole nation for having like is the, you know, the most have C. Sure. So, um, Hmm. I don't think it's all from tattooing, but since sure. it's here, then yeah, it's yeah. especially, you know, but, yep. but I think that that scene is rife with that, wow. you know? And, um, so if you already have it, you probably won't get it. You probably don't want to go into a shop because then they might find out and might mm -hmm. spread it. And then, you know, so that's why it stays underground. Interesting. Mm -hmm. hmm. And even people that want to get tattoos, uh -huh. you know, we use, we, we use the universal precautions. Like everybody pretend everybody has it. You yeah, know, yeah, and and treat them all in the same cro the cross contamination. You know, mm -hmm. you, you consider that, but um, we if someone's healthy, we don't want to we don't want to hurt somebody doing it. Yep. You know, so a lot of times, you know, we're finding out if they're you know if there's anything that they got that that you know we need to wait till their immune system is 100 percent for. Mm -hmm. And so some people just don't they end up going getting it out of a house because because you won't. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, cause, and I don't blame you. You know, the truth is, I there's there's been a handful of people that have had hep C and gotten cured and come right back to me once I could, you know? So yep. the cool thing is, is that's what, that's why I promote that is just get tested and all that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's really uncool when people don't and then their liver fails and, and it's a really terrible thing yep. to end your life like that. So, yep. um, the fun parts of the art form I do. Sure. Yeah. I do it for the art, but yeah, you know, yeah. you can only do it one way and feel yeah. like you can sleep that night, you yeah. know, or at least me. Yeah. Are there, <laughs> are there any people that come in and say, Hey, I want this done this way. And you, I know that you, you know, like to incorporate your own personal touch with it. You won't copy something that you've seen or that they come in with. And do they ever like refuse that and say, uh, since you won't do it exactly the way I want, they leave. Do you ever lose business because you of know, that? You know, I, if just like that first tattoo I told you I got on that, I scribbled out on a napkin sure. and brought it in. Well, I wanted it verbatim. Sure. And I totally get that when people want that. Sure. And if their drawing isn't as cool as I think it could be, sure. but they want it because they've drawn it. Uh -huh. That's, that's fine. Sure. I've totally done people's kids tattoos. Uh huh. And, yeah. um, I'd feel sorry for the friend that says that's a crappy drawing because you know, the whole <laughs> yeah. point is to get those, uh -huh. those little idiosyncratic things that I think that's pretty cool actually. Yeah. So I don't really turn people down on that. Yeah. Um, but maybe you were mentioning like if they wanted somebody else's tattoo. Sure. So if somebody had a, like, let's say your piece was in a magazine and someone brought me that piece. And I, I mean, let's just say it was me and I sure. knew that I designed that. Mm -hmm. I definitely wouldn't give it to somebody else yeah. because that's kind of, that was yours. And I made that for you. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I feel like I need to respect the other artists that way. Now, mm -hmm. if they wanted to go call that artist and get approval, sure. I, that would be totally fine. Sure. I would still feel that the, the person that owned it and the artist would need to give them some permission. Sure. Um, so I don't really turn people down just based on as long as they're going to be happy with the end result. Yeah. In fact, I did something really interesting I haven't done ever before uh -huh. in the last month. Um, and it's, it's, I can't wait to get the healed shot because it has to be healed to show it off. Sure. So this guy wanted a, this, this old school heart and banner. Sure. That was on, like mom. It was. Yeah. It was said mother. And, um, it was on his grandpa uh -huh. and he had a picture of his grandpa's arm uh -huh. and he wanted that piece. Sure. How it looked on his grandpa when he was old enough that it was blurry. Yeah. And I was like. And so he literally really? wanted, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, so I said, "Well, I'm going to draw it for you first. You uh -huh. know, I'll trace it and I'll show you what it would look like. You know, because I can do a portrait, I can do a reproduction of something. So if you really, yeah. it, but literally, like, some of the O was barely there was barely a center left, and I, I, um, we made just a small change so you could read it. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, it the edges, all the lines are not fine and clean. They're yep. blurred. And the intention is that the gray, those grays will not be a black line mm -hmm. and like all. So it actually looks like a total faded. And the cool thing is, is he's young. Yeah. And so he, if he was 70, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. Right. Cause you're like, well, that's your old tattoo. Right. But he's so young. There's no way he could have a 40 year old tattoo. Right. So yeah. it's super. And I was like, this is actually fun and kind yeah. of fusion. Like I wonder I told him, I go, you're a, you're a total pioneer. Yep. I've never heard of anybody wanting that. And because you want it, and he's like, I like old stuff. I'm not yep. into like new. Mm -hmm. And he goes, people that know me will get that. So I did make him come back and look at it and make sure. sure. But you know, yeah. So I will, I kind of, uh, I like something different, yep. but yeah, if somebody, if somebody wanted, you know, a tattoo that I could tell was somebody else's and and they were just pulling it. I usually try not to reproduce it. Yep. If it's a, if it's like a Michelangelo piece or something mm -hmm. where the artist is, is not around anymore sure. and it's a classic work, I can reproduce stuff. Yeah. I don't mind doing that kind yeah. of stuff, but, um, most people are kind of open to being different. You know, um, mm -hmm. most people, I, I rarely have people that are like, man, you want to make it better? Gosh, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, they usually are cool uh -huh. with that. And, uh, I, I do know of somebody I saw on Instagram that, she liked this girl's bodysuit and this girl was public figure or something like she was sure her, her bodysuit was out there and she she what i saw the correspondence came from the person who owned the art and so she's like check this out yeah this girl came to me i love your work i'm totally gonna get this artist to do it for me uh -huh. and the owner the collector that had the original works like no thanks yeah no that's my work i'd rather you not have the exact same bodysuit as me yeah and the girl that wanted it was like, well, too bad for you. I'm getting it anyways. Uh -huh. And then I guess the post that, that um, you know, the original collector put up was kind of like this back and forth of this girl refusing yeah. to uh, be respectful of the person that owned yeah. it. Well, what's really cool is she posted her bodysuit from oh, yeah. whatever artist would actually do that, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it was not the same. It was yeah. totally worse. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so... Um, you know, yeah. th there's this thing as far as, um, people, people do copy and, um, mm -hmm. and, and you can say some people kind of respond to it like that's just, uh, um, 
complimentary, you know, somebody that wants to reproduce it. And, and they say that with, because they know that another artist could never do the same art they can do. Sure. You know, yep. and, and someone that could wouldn't. Yeah. Yep. You know, someone that could actually portrait realistic or, you know, at, give this exact same rendition could do good work. Wouldn't. Sure. So I always just sure. tell people that would, there has been some people, there was this one year that there must've been some male model ad that I, I had the same bodysuit brought into me three times. So it was this tribal AP sure. that took up half a bodysuit and I'll, it was within a couple months. Yeah. So I was like, this must be viral. But they're uh-huh. like, I want this bodysuit. I want this bodysuit. Well, the first person I had that conversation with and the second person I was like, hey, there's another guy in town that I already had that like, you know, and I looked it up and it actually wasn't a bodysuit. It was fake. Oh. Like it was totally just airbrushed on uh-huh. the, the ad. And um, I said, if you really want it, like, of course, you, I'll do is I could I could do it. I don't even feel bad about doing yeah. it because I'm telling you all this. It's an okay piece. It's tribal. But um after, you know, the third one came in and I, I was like, this is hilarious. You guys yeah. all want the same piece. You're going to live in the same town and be like high-fiving each other. And after <laughs> yeah. they knew that, they're like, I don't know, maybe not. Uh-huh. And all of them let me redraw it. Uh-huh. But it was funny because it was one of those things I was like, I guess. Yep. I mean, if you really want it, um, you know, it's not on anybody yet. Yep. So it kind of like ethically didn't bother mm-hmm. me. Yeah. <laughs> My morals. Uh-huh. Is <laughs> but, there a... You know, it's like, it's kind of a trademark thing. Yeah. You know, there's been some suing. There's been yep. artists that have sued um, when people use their artwork to make money yep. you know, or sell other things. Mm-hmm. There's been um, people to... There was a video game that made a football player, you know, rendition on a game and they put his tattoos on it. The tattoo artist sued the video game. Really? Yeah, you can look that up. And he won. Wow. Because they didn't ask for rights. So yep. legally, it's true, you yeah. know. Um, and so I have a little blurb on my policy, like, you know, about uh, the copyright and just mm-hmm. like my work is, you know, on paper is mine, but on your skin, you can do whatever you want with it, yep. you know. But um, it's yep. selling and selling a, a two-dimensional piece of work, you know, you're giving someone limited rights or you're just selling mm-hmm. that copy. And if they keep reproducing it, then they need to pay you for the limit. Sure. So there's this, you know, there's this scene of, of uh, marketing your your yep. your work that it definitely is you could prove it's illegal if you really yeah. wanted to yeah. you know that's interesting i mean there but that's there's that whole thing about even a song or whatever if you just change one line yep. or if you just change one thing then it's it's yep. fine you yep. know um there's yeah. this, there's this other side to all that um used to be this website and um they just make people would submit flash mm-hmm and if somebody's good at drawing under sea stuff or tattoo artists would just like submit their work, you know, yep. and, and then you'd go and you'd buy a, a butterfly from them or whatever, and you'd buy it for 15 bucks sure. and then you'd have that and you could give it to your artist and they could then have to draw. Well, whenever anybody would give me those Celtics specifically or, or pieces oh, that yeah. like wouldn't, would have to make sense. Uh-huh. Um, if I, I would always redraw my pieces to make sure I know what was going on and that I could make decisions if I needed to. And so even if you would bring me the line drawing, I would always redraw it. Sure. I don't think I ever had a piece of line art that came off a of flash that wasn't wrong. Yeah. That wouldn't mislead you somewhere. Yeah. And I almost wondered if they did it on purpose or yeah. if they were just being too quick and didn't care. Yeah. But um, there's that side to it that yeah. if you really can't do art like you, you will screw up even sure. those like patterns, you yeah. know. So interesting. They yeah. do have that scene where, you know, those are are. Uh, I don't know if they get royalties or mm-hmm. what happens with it, but they sell their work. And then yep. if someone, I've had people bring those things off of sites like that yep. where they're like, Hey, I bought this. And I guess and then you, you kind of own the rights to it. You sure. can do whatever you want with it. Sure. Yeah. Is there uh, 
Like it seems. I've never done them verbatim though. People always yeah. let, me, let me change them because uh-huh. <laughs> they're like, oh, it could look better. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> it seems like from the outside looking in, oh, I'm just gonna trace the, this, and like obviously it's not that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there? Was it hard like learning how to shade on skin and uh, stuff like that? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Was there? Is there any type of specific style of art like? Like that Sailor Jerry or or maybe like traditional Japanese or Polynesian that you're like not comfortable with doing just because it's difficult or like it, it it's, I don't know, you don't think you could, I mean, I don't know, you're an artist and you're confident in your ability, but is there something like that that you don't like doing just because you don't, I don't know, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, not anymore. And uh, I I limited myself to what I felt comfortable doing. And then when I tried something new, like when I did my first like gray shaded piece and tried to do someone's face, you know, I was I was doing like a dog instead of a person, sure. or, you know, and I do that until I felt like I was getting what I wanted. Uh-huh. And I'd usually have a guinea pig or friends that would be like, um, hey, I know you only do like this big of pieces, but I want this big a piece. Yep. And, and, and the funny thing is I remember one of my um, friends, uh, his name was Nate. Uh, he had uh, this piece. It was this pretty, I think it was like the Godsmack Sun or some kind of uh-huh. tribal, you know, pretty detailed, you know, black, all these little rays and all this sure. stuff. And um, it was just my first week tattooing. Definitely shouldn't have been doing that. Something bigger than the palm of my hand. Sure, sure. Uh, my mentor was like, go ahead. Yeah. Just like letting me, letting the train wreck start. Uh-huh. And, uh, so what would have taken me, what would take me now, maybe two and a half, three hours took me like seven hours. Oh, wow. And, and I didn't really even know what kind of needles to use when I was doing all these little, so I was like eking it out with the smallest thing, like <laughs> shading. Cause I didn't really have my control uh-huh. to stay within the area. Yeah. And he had to come up back for a touch up. I remember him like counting all the hours, like this literally took me like eight hours to get it. And I was yeah. like, you know, he was my guinea pig. Yeah. So it didn't, he sh- shouldn't complain about it. Sure. Um, but that's what happens when you try things out. Yep. And so I, I didn't take risks with something that was, there was no room for error mm-hmm. until I felt comfortable. You know, I'd shade a mountain before I'd shade a face, sure. you know, that was your loved one yeah. <laughs> or that, you know, anybody could recognize. <laughs> sure. But, um, I think the medium is different because it's, uh, it's stretchy mm-hmm. and you're not on the surface. You're going three dimensionally in there. Mm-hmm. And so how the equipment works, I mean, part of it is just holding up that item that, you know, that instrument that's heavy and not having your arm fatigue. Yeah. And then after that, it was getting the shading to look. And so the same and not eating up skin uh-huh. that actually heals, yep. you know, yep. and, and getting in and out of there and having that light hand where you back away when someone moves and uh-huh. sort of like, you know, yeah. their skin move at you and you, you nail the skin. Yep. So there's a lot just technically that um, was definitely different than working on a piece of paper. Uh-huh. And gray shade was probably one of the more difficult things to master because you leave a lot of air in there, you know, and with solid shading, you're just kind of getting it in there and you can see what you do. But, um, there's a lot, there's a, a, I think the technique of gray shading and doing portraits were, was probably something that, um, I didn't really try until about two or three years into it. And then by my fifth year, I was getting more adept at it, but it just depends on how many, how many you do too. Um, there isn't really anything that any, I really like traditional work mm-hmm. i don't just do it yeah and i 
really like to do like how I paint. So mm-hmm. how I paint, I actually paint a few different ways. I use watercolor or, you know, opaque like um, oil paints or, mm-hmm. and uh, I use acrylic sometimes too. Um, so I've done like somebody wanted something. I drew, I painted it first and then did the tattoo of that. Sure. And uh, watercolor seemed to be something that I'm, I've been doing the whole time, but in the last maybe five years or so, uh, people are really wanting it. Mm-hmm. It's like, unique. You know, each I, one, I like it. Yeah. each one will have, yeah, right. It could be a blue splat and every time it's going to be a different blue splat sure. kind of, and part of it, I think is kind of this fusion. I enjoy that. It's, you can tell it was supposed to be done. It looks like it's paper Sure. or what would be done on paper. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the wash and the, the wet on wet or the dry uh-huh. on dry, you can see all that yep. and it's indicative and it tricks your mind a little bit. So sure. in a way it's like a portrait of uh-huh. art. And I really like that side of, um, just the medium. Uh-huh. You know, doing something that looks like a pencil or like a charcoal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of do like photo photographic realism. And I say kind of because um, portraits seem, are its own thing. I was say, that seems tricky. But anything other than your mom or your somebody that you know, to me, is super... Uh, is is super aesthetically pleasing. Sure. Even if human face. I mean, I was just saying. Yeah, yeah. But, but a lot of times people get it because they know that person. Uh-huh. But I, I really do like portrait work, and I like to kind of I like to kind of fuse everything. Uh-huh. So if I can make something that has Japanese traditional and portrait work and my watercolor in yeah. it, I think that was fun and new. Yeah. So I guess throughout my career, I've kind of played around with what am I painting and how, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's kind of exciting. So I definitely don't say no to stuff yeah. and, and I, I have in the past and then eat my words and found out I could do something cool with that. Sure. So I don't like to say, I mean, a Jack of all trades, some people are like, so you can do everything. I'm yeah. like, I kind of can. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it all. Um, I have worked with artists that won't do straight lines, won't do solid black cause they can't get it to stay. Yep. Won't do like pinup faces like smaller uh-huh. than, you know? And so there, there are people that put limits on what they want to do. And, and I, I think if anything, my limit is kind of like, we're going to do custom. Yeah. It's going to be fresh. It's going to uh-huh. be new. But, um, there's this scene of, of, of Pinterest, um, tattoos that have been, um, admired by their followers and people that like that stuff. And those people actually do go and get those tattoos. And what's interesting is back in the day when the sailors would get, you know, specific pieces and yep. there were, there was kind of like, you know, couple dozen pieces that like were, were all over the place and they were really traditional. Yeah. Well, there, I, I predict there will be this generation or maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain age group, but this certain group of people that really like what other people have, these super small glyphs that are usually black or 2d, this one random spots in their body uh-huh. that, are, that, that they've seen on something else. And they're literally wanted on the same part of their body. Uh-huh with the same glyph and and what's funny is usually people show me like, this is what I want. And then we zoom in and I'm like, really? Cause like the lines are blown out. Yeah. Looks, you know, often those tattoos aren't perfect. Yep. And so I, I try to strive and do them just perfect, but there's this scene of people that, that watercolor work I've been pulling that into. Like if you want something flat, having that watercolor layer is really helpful. Yeah. And, um, but, but that's the kind of, that's when I have to challenge myself is actually the smaller and the more uniform it gets. I, yeah. I, I don't want to change their mind, but I, I definitely want to give them all the options yeah. so that, that they know that that's not the only thing they have to get because they're literally just liking it and trying to get it the next day. Yeah. And um, when, you, when you're when you asked to do a specific piece like 20 times in the same six months, yep. you know, like I'm not the only artist. It's, yeah. So there's going to be the scene where, you know, the 
the feather with like the birds coming off yep. of it. Yeah, That'll yeah. be one of them, uh-huh. an infinity symbol. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. In fact, I I actually try to show off when I do those pieces because I try to change them uh-huh. and um, just like play around with that genre because, yeah. you know, it's becoming its own yep. genre, you know? Yep. There's something about, I, I've, I've seen people like on Pinterest, for example, sure. of like little tattoos all over the body uh-huh. and like no plan. Yeah. No order to it. Just right. random, like chaos, just like little tattoos. And I think that like, there's something cool about that. And so like, I, I can see it too. I get what they, sorry. Good. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, like I, I'd like that. I would, I would, I personally mm-hmm. think that would be cool, but I'd have to, you know, each symbol or item or whatever would have to be something that I'm into like a mm-hmm. g- guitar or a drum set or you know, like something like music on one side and then like, I don't know, throw like a bow and arrow or something in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just like a bunch of little stuff and like put it on my one leg or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something weird. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I, I kind of, I've been thinking about doing that. And, uh, so you see it. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Cause I'll, my questions are always, so you want this little thing, you're going to put it in the, you're going to like put a little bitty painting on a big wall. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever want to put another painting? There? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's usually my question. And yeah. that's why I said no plan. Cause a lot of people are just like, I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure it out yeah. when the next, you know, yeah. one comes to mind. And, uh, as long as they're, you know, I guess there's two ways to look at it as long as you're invested. And if mm-hmm. not, then I, ha- I do removal. Yep. And, and I, yeah. and I do say that to people because if they're doubting a little bit, they'll consider it longer. And if they're not, they'll just go, Nope. Yep. We're doing it. And and so I feel good that in that way, sure. you know, that they could, they don't have to live it. And, and honestly, I've, I've seen pieces that are in the center of a bigger area and I have to deal with it later. Uh-huh. And we've totally, it, cool things have happened. Yep. You know, um, things that I wouldn't have ever dreamed how that would work into it. It works just fine. And, yep. and so um, in that way, I think sailors did collect kind of in the same space of the moment or when they'd go port to port and they'd kind of just try to remember or you know mm-hmm. pick up something as a souvenir in that way and it it is it is definitely a um a little scrapbook of your life sure and you know uh as long as you want it to look like a scrapbook yep you know and you're right some people do they kind of like I, that's why I, I back off and think bodysuit and you're thinking you're already starting to say well i would have them in one area sure. and so that's really what i'm trying to get people to think yeah. of is like right. now that we've done the rib and the wrist and you're about to do an ankle or you know back of your shoulder random spot yeah, yeah, yeah. just so you, you know you think about it yeah and um and i don't really as long as i brought it up i think i've done like my job because yeah. they'll get a catch or not mm-hmm. and if they don't i i mean i just tattooed this is an interesting tattoo okay um and i told the girls this one was 18 and her older sister got it as well. And it's up on my Instagram. Uh, but the, this new show, um, Stranger Things. Yep. And that girl 11 in it. Uh-huh. And she has like um, a prisoner tattoo. It says 11, yep. Zero, one, one. Yeah, Yep. So they wanted that on oh, the wrist. Okay. And I'm like, this is crazy. It's like full circle. Um, people got them. You know, people got those kind of tattoos in prison, like you yep. specifically, you know, in uh, Auschwitz, yep. you know. And I've had people that were descendants of those folks and they didn't want tattoos because they were just respectful of people Uh that were were in their past that had been in Auschwitz or something and they're like I would just never get a tattoo because and I I can hear that because they for respect or but um so now it's come full circle where it's actually pop culture to get like uh (laughs) uh you know prisoner number Uh on your wrist of course they did them like clean and on point and the one that they had in what was funny is we looked 
at um, we got images from the movie, and one of them um, didn't it didn't look the same as the rest. So the makeup artist like didn't put the little tail on the top of the one oh, or yeah. something. And so it was funny because I'm like, you really don't want it to look like hers though, right? Because they're kind of frumpy and. Sure you know, look like they were done in a prison. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, you know, and she was 18. Uh, she wanted it right here. And uh-huh. I was like, you know, we had the talk. Cause she, she you know, she was Pretty thinking cool about it. it. And that's why I was saying nowadays, yeah. I don't think it really limit, limits her, no. you know, and, um, but that was, I, when anything's below the elbows or above the neckline, yeah. especially below the wrists and they're yeah. under 25, yeah. it's just like my due diligence to say, Hey, do you know what your career is? If you don't yeah. think about it, and otherwise consider you're going to have to always do something to yeah. deal with that, you know, and there's just not a lot of professions yeah. that you can't just wear a long sleeve shirt and deal with it. You yeah. Know? What's it like, uh, you're talking about tattoos on the hands or below the wrist. Uh, I had a coworker who, when he was a little kid, he got like third degree burns on his hand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he has a huge scar over the top mm-hmm. of his hand and he has like just his skeleton of his hand. Mm-hmm tattooed mm-hmm. is it hard tattooing over scar tissue or it's so it's grafted skin right yeah yeah um i've done it it's a little bit harder because it's uh it's not as stretchy mm-hmm. and then it has a texture yeah and um sometimes it needs touch-ups because for that reason for yeah. those reasons i think and i bet it's just it's still skin yeah you know, it's yeah. just those two things that are a little bit different. I actually think it's kind of cool. People do that when they sometimes when they get mastectomies, uh-huh. you know, and they have scars and, you know, um, so I think that if it makes someone look past it and they don't want to look at that, yeah. cool. I just accept them where they are. So like either way, it's good with me. But in some ways, I think it's kind of cool that some people don't even like their body, just even though it's a perfect body, you know, yeah. that they just don't like their body image. And when they get a tattoo, they're, um, they don't look at their body anymore. They see that pretty thing. Yeah, and so yeah. in a way, I think tattoos have some therapy in that sure. way. And, and maybe your friend, I don't know if you know, he maybe likes it because he, now he shows it off. Yeah. Hopefully he never felt embarrassed about it, no. but you know, it's, it's something that now he's just got something cooler sure. to look at. And, yeah, yeah. um, and, and maybe, um, it gives him like his story continues, you know, sure. it's not just, doesn't just end with yeah. that incident or something, yeah. but yeah, I've, there was a guy really early on in my career that I, I did that work, a bunch of work on him and he had like a bunch of grafted skin and we did a little bit of touch-ups here and there because some areas can be rougher than not, but the skin technically has cells that are resident. Uh-huh. I think that was a obvious statement, but yeah. you know, if it wasn't skin or, and it was scar tissue, uh-huh. um, that's not skin. And gotcha. so if someone has a scar, it has to heal, go back mm-hmm. to the normal skin tone. If it never gets back to the normal skin tone, then you don't really have anything to grab that ink. Interesting. Um, because scars can can be, um, and I'm not a doctor, but they can change. Sure. Have you ever had a scar that eventually, like 20 years later, yeah, didn't, didn't look the same way? Yeah. yeah. So when the color goes back to the normal skin, like when it doesn't look different than the skin tone, it's cool to, to go over. But yeah. Um, the hard time, the hard part with some people that do scar and want to get tattooed like right after, it's just like, I have to wait till that happens, you know, and depending on everything about what happened to them, it, it can, you know, take three to five years. Yeah. And wow. so that's something usually, it was so long ago with your friend that it didn't matter, but, yeah. um, and so the skin has these macrophages. Oh, there's something foreign, collects it, calling the T cells or something foreign. Well, then it inspects it. Well, this is like organic they okay yeah. tattoo it's uh, yeah. 99.9% organic so we sure. don't care it doesn't we can stay here and then it holds on to that as like a flag and yeah. um i've 
what I do understand is that our body reproduces its cells every 35 years or so. Uh-huh. So it might have to like reproduce that a few times in your lifetime. Sure. Hopefully like, you know, three times. At least. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it, in that it, it just reproduces the same and in, in it, you know, it still holds it up like a flag marker and that's how we get our pigment to stay yeah. or our pigment stays. And so, um, in grafted skin, I don't think it would be any different. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I had one more question. Uh, do you like, what's your fav? like your, uh, if you could choose the way that a tattoo goes from start to finish, like the client walks in the door to leaves with your tattoo, uh, like what's the smoothest way that it could go? You know what I mean? Like, do you want them to come in and say, Hey, this is what I want. And then you do your magic and call me when you're done or do you want to like sit down and maybe make it look similar to what they brought in or have in their head or Uh do you want them to bring a picture or do you want them to have something in their head and then you bring it to fruition you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um there isn't just well so i have a i usually do a custom procedure request on it what that means is like there's like 15 questions considers a lot about what they want mm-hmm. and then what they're open to. Sure. And, uh, usually I kind of want, it's a collaboration between two people. Sure. So yeah, yeah. it is different for every person. Yep. If I was going to say what I want, I would love that someone, you know, as, as looked at my work as in oh wow, I, I really could see myself collecting something, um, from you or your, you know, your work is, um, showing me your skills enough that I, I trust you with this piece. Um, when, when, when they get the most out of me is when they do are open Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, a lot of what I can offer. But, um, if they wanted an octopus, I might not try to give them, you know, a frog because I don't really, they don't really want a frog. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So usually it says that converse, that first conversation helps a ton. Yeah. And I do, I probably want to have a conversation with them, dig in their brain a little bit, see how open they are yep. and then go forward. And what I usually do is I, I kind of leave it, it to be, a, there's some evolution in that process. Uh-huh. I honestly don't think that we ever figure anything out that first discussion. Sure. I probably have a lot of wheels turning, but what <laughs> yeah. ends up happening is then they come back and there's some, there's some, uh, there's more, uh, discussion and, you know, we kind of go after what we're excited about. And sure. what's cool is like, usually I get inspired uh-huh. by something that they're talking about. And when I told, you know, when I, when I go back and forth with them, they get a little bit excited about it. Yep. And so I'm usually kind of running with that. And, um, that's even down to like subject material or style uh-huh. or, um, some people come in, they don't even have an idea of what they want, but uh-huh. they know where it's going to be. Oh, okay. You know, or, That's or yeah. So, so in, in what I, what I do love, although everybody's different and I wouldn't, um, I, I, it doesn't matter to me. I do love it when people are like, okay, I got to tell you stuff. This is what I've been thinking, but will you just do now? Will you just give me a piece of art? Yeah. Because sometimes what I can do without any parent, without a lot of parameters sure. is way beyond in fact, yeah. I had somebody tell me this this week. He's an awesome client, but he's, he kind of gives me 
a, a bunch of room, but he really ha- he's really thought about it. In fact, he usually brings a file full, full of cool pictures, and sure. I, I like to know what what excites people. Yeah. So um, hopefully it's in my portfolio, or they can bring me you know some random pictures. But I usually don't want pictures of another tattoo because that's already in a box. Right. You know, so yep. um, that's what usually I'm I'm running with is uh, how much they'll let me run with it, and then once people work with me, once they they often the second time I work with them, they're like, just do stuff. Yeah. But I don't mean like just get on the skin and just start right. rant, like yeah, close yeah. my eyes and just whatever comes <laughs> sure, out. Sure, sure. But I do like to, um, I like the process of approval of them getting excited about it yep. and, and kind of like merging our thoughts on like, wh- mm. cause honestly, if it's purple or green, I, I don't have, you know, I don't have any desire on that. I probably have a favorite color, and if yeah. people say whatever, I probably throw some teal or some blues in it because sure. I, I think that looks great against warm tones of skin. Yep. But depending on the skin tone, that sometimes decides color. Yep. And but if people are invested and they like, I have to have purple, and I get excited about doing purple, and sure. I I do some cool purples and I try sure. out some new stuff. But um, I think if they give me a bunch of rope, yeah, yeah, they it doesn't. I don't feel like um, it's a laundry list of mm. things I have to perform out. But I've been doing this 20 years this year and uh, it doesn't matter Yeah. because no matter what they bring to me, I will do what they want, but I'll also give them like a piece of my mind, sure. a piece of my soul. Yeah. And I had somebody, I just put it up today. There's just this, she just wanted a little bitty heart, just a on heart. The finger. On yeah, the I finger. saw that. Just want a straight heart. She showed uh-huh. it to me. Pretty much didn't want to budge. Just wanted that. And, and she's invested in it for personal reasons. It's not like she just saw it. So yeah. She just wanted a heart. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but you'd be open to maybe seeing other hearts. I could just like, you know, sketch a little stuff for you. Cause I showed her stuff that I, my ink art and she liked it. Yeah. And she's like, I, I probably not. Like I, I probably want the heart. I go, that's cool. So either way I, I got the heart ready for her. And I also drew a few pieces and sure. I was like, whatever you want. And I let her just sit with it. And she's like, oh yeah, I like the drawn one. Uh-huh. So I, I don't let that, I don't let that, um, stifle me or yeah. I don't even feel it's a waste of time if I develop something way beyond what they want because sure. what usually happens is they're like wow I love all those pieces but you know I still want that original heart yeah and then they know that they don't want that yep yeah. <laughs> and that's a huge part of it and so I, yep. I actually kind of overdevelop things mm-hmm. I don't charge for drawing processes yep. and um the more people get to know me, the more they can trust me with stuff, but we always are approving it. Sure. Because until you see it and then you see it on skin, yeah. there's no way I don't even know what yeah. I want. Yep. You know? And, uh, Interesting. and, and if it, if I can throw anything into it, that means something positive for them, you know? Um, and, and if it's hidden, mm-hmm. I, I like, you know, trying to have, you know, something that you could have a conversation about and maybe it wouldn't be the first thing that you, that you thought of, but, um, it would be something that somebody could, you know, feel like it says something, you know, you know, but, but some people don't want that at all. And, and like I said, I have flash at my shop and and actually it's most of it's abstract. Mm -hmm. uh, You wouldn't be like, wow, I love those flowers there. I want them because I love those flowers. Actually all of it, most of it's abstract. And then I do, I have a bunch of like watercolor art too, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, people come in town We've been in Roswell since 2003. And what brought you to Roswell? Well, you know, we we came into town not for to do biz. I actually worked in Albuquerque for a couple of years because there wasn't really a clean custom shop here. And uh, we had a f- we knew somebody here that was doing conferences for mm-hmm. UFO and paranormal stuff. Sure. And um, we saw that a lot of people were asking a lot of questions, and that's a whole conversation. 
you know, in itself. But truthfully, we felt led to leave, to leave Wisconsin. Like yeah. we just, it's really cold. But either way, we just, <laughs> yeah. both of us felt the same way. Like we're going to yeah. go somewhere else. And then, um, and then the person that was doing these conferences that we thought were actually answering questions like Mike Heiser. Um, and, and he's at, I think he's at MikeHeiser.com or he has, um, nakedbible.com. He was one of the lecturers. And, um, so a lot of people with, there's a few people with PhDs or the life work was like around these interesting fringe subjects, you know, yeah. and people were coming here asking questions. And a lot of times they just get a balloon and a laugh. Sure. Um, the truth is people that deal with seeing something that they can't, explain mm -hmm. um and this is a 99 or, or this is actually this is in 2000 ish so um people that could would see something they can't explain the way they were in this like they couldn't tell police officers they couldn't tell their psychiatrists they couldn't tell their their pastor because all of them would just not have an answer sure. and um that's one thing that mike kaiser does really kind of try to explore is like let's get let's talk about stuff and let's see what the word really says about it but the whole point is like to that we wanted to be an open ear for yeah. people that had really interesting things happening to them or that they thought, you know, we're out of this world, but, um, to just like be that yeah. because there wasn't really a reception for that. Mm -hmm. And, um, like I said, they were coming and getting balloons and other things and maybe talking about what happened here and, yeah. you know, the science behind some stuff that, you know, didn't have anything to do with their life, <laughs> but it had to do with space. Sure. You know? And, and truthfully those, some of those, um, connections that we like that we did conferences from 2003 until 2010 mm -hmm. i think was our last one nine or ten in the last couple of years like the city was starting to do the festival and they you know we were involved in the ufo festival committee and we were yeah. helping run that or just at least do the conference for it and the whole point is to get content and yeah. to have like a real discussion um the that i was um Mike Heiser has that paranormal mm -hmm. podcast and that's about peer reviewed paranormal stuff, which is yeah. super, it's interesting uh, to have the discussion about that. Although a lot of times in those conferences, we would just talk about like the first one we ever went to was in Wisconsin mm -hmm. before we left. We okay. were like, yep, let's go. We're going to go down there and just see what's going on sure. and didn't know how long we would stay. And then uh, there was a conference at a university that Mike Heiser was asked to do. And um, that's one of the best conferences we've ever done. Yeah. Um, it was called God, Man, and E.T. I think you can get it on Amazon. God, uh, Man, and E.T. Mm -hmm. okay. And you could just search it and get like snippets of it on uh -huh. YouTube. But I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon, like the whole conference under sci-fi or something. Yeah. Um, but it, that question is an age-old question. Sure. And um, I think that it's, I think there's not, it's not a coincidence that almost everybody, no matter where they come from, is kind of asking that question. Uh -huh. So that's, that's kind of why, you know, what we were encouraged to kind of come and, help out with what we saw was maybe bringing some uh, bringing some kind of a something relevant to that discussion and our whole purpose was just to get some videos out it, me, meaning videotape all these discussions and um we we often have like opposing opinions so that they could ha hash it out you know at, sure. at a panel discussion and and all of that's you know really available on youtube a lot of the conferences that we did and so we could see that coming where there would this this information would be able to spread really easily uh -huh. and um and so that has been, what, and we just felt kind of felt like in 2010, we had done pretty much everything we were called to do in that. Yep. And then we were just here and, um, and we enjoyed New Mexico cool. It's uh, as an it's artist. Cool, huh? Yeah. You know, Santa Fe was kind of a little bit of a, it was like San Francisco in the sixties. Uh -huh. A lot of people came over here, you know, it's a huge migration up to Santa Fe. Yeah. 
and uh, the whole that whole stream or um, string of mountains. It's called the Sangre de Cristo, uh-huh. like the blood of Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Um, and that whole that whole area. There's just so many. There's more galleries here than other states I've lived in yeah. that are kind of um, a little bit more hip or you know whatever yep. more urban. Sure. So, um, but we there's just something about Roswell. We feel like we're put here for a reason. In fact, uh-huh. I was on um, the I don't know if you know this, but I was on the board for body art at the state of New Mexico. Okay. I was a board member, just professional. I represented the um, shops or establishments okay. for the last few years, um, seventeen to nineteen. This last fall is when I stopped, uh, but. I kind of feel like, you know, we always had a heart for doing it clean. Uh-huh. We always had, a, um, well, the inspector said like our shop was the model shop in the whole state. Sure. So, I mean, we really do try to go above and beyond, uh-huh. but, um, I think we, we, we wanted to provide a, cl- a clean alternative to yeah. Roswell and like pretty much Roswell equals like the Southeastern, you know, part of sure. the state. And, um, just like represent to yeah. do it right and be a light in that. Mm-hmm. But then also, um, you know, uh, try to just be a real person mm-hmm. in our everyday. So even though what we did at the conferences was kind of that, but I think we just try to do that still, you know, in our life. And we get asked a ton of people come in all the time wanting a little UFO or alien and they, sure. you know, they're just here for that. Yeah. And, um, I feel like it, it really gives, it's, it's steep me in relevant conversation uh-huh. in that. And so part of that is, is really this cool, um, d- discussion that happens here anyways, mm-hmm. but I guess we're right in the middle of it. Kind of, um, yeah. we already kind of have, you know, have been exposed to it. And, yep. and really, I, I really think that that's kind of a special thing here yeah. in Roswell, mm-hmm. although other cities are being talked about, you know, in fact, in the last, maybe wouldn't you think like five or seven years, like the whole UFO and paranormal thing has become, it used to be where, honestly, I didn't do a whole lot of UFO alien tattoos because I wasn't asked to do them uh-huh. until maybe like 2010 or 12. Yeah. And I'd been here for seven years already, but it, sure. it, it was something about pop culture that actually, I think it was when X-Files came out with that oh. whatever season, that was a big deal. Uh-huh. I'm like, don't test me because <laughs> that part of, I didn't have... I didn't watch like straight TV for many, many years. In fact, yeah. I still don't really um, subscribe to and like watch TV. Sure. Um, but I definitely watch stuff, you know, YouTube. I try to do <laughs> yeah. stuff like your show or uh-huh. you know, documentaries or things like that are fun for me because it's sure. like real. Yeah. But um, I just think that, that that whole pop culture thing changed. And now it's yeah. not this it's not this social ghetto thing. It's actually um, hip and, you yeah. know. People don't even know why they want it. Yeah. Well, like the whole Area 51 thing that was happening in September, like that was crazy. I mean, there was millions of people that signed up for some Facebook group after Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan had Bob Lazar on a podcast. You know what I mean? Right. And so, yeah, that's yeah. I got um, Bob Lazar was kind of silent for many years. Yeah. Um, and I was in Scottsdale in 2015. Uh huh. Mm, 14. I think. And yeah. uh, he was there as his debut, first time he's ever getting interviewed in public since, you know, for more than a decade ago. Yeah. And um, he, I'll just say, man, I didn't get to meet him and shake his hand, yeah. but he definitely had like an in-depth interview and it was a, the, the it's probably a couple hours long. I, I do think there's something genuine yeah. about him. Yep. I don't think he's trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes or anything. Mm-hmm. Although the conclusion to, um, there was alien craft that's back engineered and 
we know it's alien sure. because you name the things why we uh -huh. know it's alien. Yeah. That last part I don't really feel has um, been have any factual evidence. Sure. Um, because that you know that would require <laughs> you know a proof. Yeah. Of you know so you'd have and I'm not saying. I'm not a skeptic, honestly. I don't have I don't have a any I don't have any like um the horse in the race. No. Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually I'd like I like saying that I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. And sure. honestly, if if I said I did, I'd I think it would make me sound uh, pretty ignorant. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um but the, that's the that's an interesting thing about even though it's just the alien UFO thing a long, mm -hmm. while ago it was like abductions, you, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you're off. Yep. Um it's it's now become this like actual science, you know, science. Oh, you sure. know, there's a real place and yeah. you know, Bob Lazar and and um I don't know if you saw what's happening with uh Tom DeLong and um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So the, you know there's supposedly this big unveiling that will be happening uh -huh. with that. And there's been people fighting, you know, to make that be on you know on a, on a political platform to make that be uh, exposed. Mm -hmm. But he claims that's gonna happen, you know, a different way. Sure. And and I think it'll be interesting to keep your finger on that pulse. Although, again, the big question is just because it's weird and anagravity yeah. and like, you know, all the stuff Bob Lazar says sure. doesn't convince me that it came from a literal carbon based, yeah. you know, somebody who eats, sleeps and has to use the bathroom and uh -huh. has a job. Sure. It doesn't, it doesn't scream that yet, yeah. you know, um, although it's physical and, um, there, the more that we have, uh, you know, the more that this like age of internet and everything's out there, yeah. the more we see that stuff's been being experimented on. I actually just watched something last night on, they used to pull stuff up with a weather balloonish kind of thing and drop this uh -huh. uh, actual UFO shaped thing to, and they'd had, they had, um, uh, uh, something that would actually cause it to spin and they could control all that. And it was like the beginning forgive me if this is wrong because you're into drones, but it was like the beginning sure. of that drone idea sure. um, of where they were using it. And so there's, there's so much that, you know, we can prove that isn't in the sky. So like the UFO means it's unidentified. Sure. Not that it's actually from another planet. Right. And th that's a huge, you know, separation yeah. in, in, in here in this city. I know people often will come in the shop, get in the chair. They can't even like keep it in. They're like, sure. so what do you believe? Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know how you respond to that. But, um, you know, the same thing with tattoos and that stigma, I think the same thing with UFOs and aliens and, and that kind of conservative or even um, God-fearing or Bible-believing, sure. you know. Um, but if like 90% of the world, maybe that's a little bit over-exaggerated now, but like 90% of the world thinks there is something bigger than humans. Sure. And that thing isn't living on this earth with a yeah. carbon-based body. Yeah aren't we all, aren't we talking about aliens already? Sure. Like, I mean, and, and you can put the word alien or whatever you want on it, but um, then people get into mortal or mortal, you mm -hmm. know? And so I think if, if it's not a crazy stretch, it's not a new thing. Yeah. It's the same old thing. Sure. In fact, it's, uh, I think in the last 50 years, uh, popular science and stuff has kind of driven this um, paradigm that has to do with, another planet so mm -hmm. that we can go explore it sure. or finding life and sure. the whole Carl Sagan, it would be an awful, awful waste of space if we didn't. <laughs> right. It, what's hilarious is it's so help. It, it's kind of self-hating to say that we're not worth it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
because honestly, just what's here is pretty amazing, yeah. like pretty cool. Yeah. If even if it took all that, uh-huh. but um, it's very assumptive too that that what we see is what we get. You yeah. know, they you know we've only gone so far. Sure. And um, so quantum physics is kind of crashing into that whole scene too. Uh-huh. It's pretty cool that you know yeah. you understand. You know, so some of that is like so if we if we put all that um, and say we know. I think uh, it's silly. So it's kind yeah. of fun to just sort all that out. And and people, I guess, I'm more in the heart of like talking to people that are they feel like it's been a, um, something that's changed their life in a negative or, or positive way or whatever. But um, sure. it, it's it's the abduction scene and all of that yep. is is an is an age old thing too. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not new that people right. have had night terrors, had things that uh-huh. they've seen, had seen an angel, seen an apparition, seen a man that they entertained him unawares, like it showed uh-huh. up and then disappeared. Yep. So um, to me, I think that's interesting that people are like, wow, since 1947, UFO crash, like now <laughs> right. we have aliens. Yeah. So I, I think all of that's actually a bigger question. And it really yeah. comes comes down to some like inherent things that we just ask. I think even if we never ran into anything, yeah. we'd still ask those questions. Yeah. So. That's that's why we came to Roswell. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what we cared about then, and we still yeah. kind of care about it, you yeah. know, in, in a in a different way now. Yeah, I'd like to have a conversation about that okay. with you again another time. Sure. Because uh, after the whole Bob Lazar thing happened, because uh, I was uneducated on aliens and like I went to the UFO museum, but I was young and it was boring because it's just a bunch of newspaper articles, and so I was like, eh, whatever. And then I listened to that interview with uh, Joe Rogan and Bob Lazar, and it kind of sh- struck my interest, you know. And so uh, I've been doing a little bit of uh, research and just listening to stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I definitely like to have a conversation about that with somebody who knows uh, a lot more than <laughs> I do. Yeah, so. I mean, I've just been around a lot of people that have talked about it, um, and I can always point you. Sure. I'm a good signpost in that way. Just point <laughs> sure. you to good, good reference material. Sure. But awesome. Well, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, I think that's it. Awesome. Yeah. It's been fun. So, yeah, for sure. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Seriously. Totally. We'll have to do it again. Right on. Because I, uh, yeah, I'd like to pick your brain about other things. And uh, I know it's kind of hard because like you talk about or you do tattooing in your everyday life. And so like maybe you don't want to talk about that, you know, like in your free time. I don't know. Sometimes I, I feel like that, like with you, it's, I guess a little bit different than with me. So like I work my job for a living and I like it, but it's not like my passion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like you're doing your passion. And so, uh, like b- for me, something that I do and don't stop thinking about is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And oh, so okay. like if I could do that all the time, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't get tired of it during the day and then not talk about it at night. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, I don't know if that's how you feel about tattooing, but or art in general, but no, I, I, I you know, the, I, I enjoy conversation. Part of it is just having that having that uh, interaction with that person. Sure. And so, to me, if if it's if it's all in uh, if it's all in that good stead, I enjoy it. And yeah. um, no, I don't mind it. All. It's been fun. Good. Um, if anybody cares uh, to check us out, we got aoktattoo.com and yep. I'm on Instagram. Yep. Hashtag aoktattoo. And that's yeah. where you can where start else? checking it out. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, my art, like my fine art, is a little bit represented on that aoktattoo.com. But my, uh, we also have like a gallery out of that shop. Mm-hmm. It's called Two Ravens Gallery. And okay. my husband does blown glass and I do sculpture and painting. 
Um, and he's printing some pretty cool, his work is really cool. It's, it goes beyond glass. He actually does some, um, you got to check it out. So two ravensglass.com yeah. is his website. And, uh, other than that, you know, I bet you can find any links off of stuff from yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So aoktattoo.com mm-hmm. and, uh, phone number for people that want to, I'm pretty sure I have it memorized. Uh, five seven five six two two eight two eight two. Yep, and that's six two two tat two. Yep, six two two tat number two. The number two. Right, got it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, check Amy out. She's awesome. Uh, she'll hook you up with a tattoo. Uh, does your husband do? Uh, y'all do piercings and stuff too? We don't actually. He used to be a piercer Uh a while ago. Yeah. He he hung that up maybe I think seven years ago or so. Okay. He's been tat. He's been doing um art glass like lamp work and he's got a studio there i actually do some of my ceramic studio i have one a uh, studio at the shop too awesome. um so we're at 608 north main in roswell uh and his work is mostly glass mm-hmm. and like i said in the last few years he's been doing um a, a new thing with his glass so he's uh he's taking the work and turning it into two-dimensional uh-huh. so he's actually having he's printing it on canvas oh, and uh you got it. He's doing some macro photography with it. And so, um, he's doing like pretty much interior, you know, 2d stuff. And, uh, I've been, I've been doing some cool flash and I guess Uh you just got to come down to the shop to check it out and talk to me about it. Cause, um, I'm getting a body of work with it. And as soon as I have a really good body, I'll, I'll publish that. But most of anything that I have done in it is, is all at the shop right now. Awesome. Come on the DL. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So he doesn't do, he doesn't do any body art. He just runs Uh and manages a shop, which is, a I job hope. in itself. In yeah. fact, there's no way I could, I really know that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have accomplished or be where I'm at in my career without him. Yep. He's pushed me to, to do what he knows I want to do, yep. even when I wasn't like gutsy enough to just, like I said about the flash and the custom sure. and, and even, I mean, cleanliness, we were always eye to eye with, but we were always kind of, you know, iron sharpens iron on that. Yep. And, um, and you know, just, uh, I agree with you having, having, faith that God will get us through whatever owning yeah. your own business and running it is never super easy, yep. you know, and you learn a lot as you're doing it. So just knowing that all the things that I struggle through are really just ways to grow and yep. learn and look at it like that as an opportunity, but I'm thankful to have that opportunity. It's, it doesn't, I can't just uh, show up and close my studio door every day. Sure. I, I need him. I need to have somebody, you know, yeah. um, as a manager in that way. And, yeah. and we used to do a, a lot of art shows. Now we do most of our work online mm-hmm. and have a gallery uh, physically, but, um, it was the same when, you know, I was kind of, I'm, I kind of play a little bit of his manager too with mm-hmm. his art. And so, um, yeah. uh, that's Help always cool. when someone that actually believes in you, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, they don't, they're not making it up. So, um, but it's a team definitely. Yeah. yeah it takes a crew. Good. Even if it's just two. Yeah. Hey, two's <laughs> better than one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Right on. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, you're welcome. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah. I'd like to yeah. see what, what happens on the show in the future. Yeah. Sounds fun. Awesome. We'll have you on. And uh, that guy you were talking, Mike. Uh, Heiser. Yes. Mm-hmm. He'd be an interesting person to talk to. Definitely. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, you're my in. <laughs> right on. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, makes, he's makes he's at um, in Florida. He just... Uh, moved there from he was working with logos bible software and faith life he's still working with faith life he, he has a bunch of books um a, a couple are, are fictions that kind of cover the 
um, the paranormal stuff and other fiction. Mm-hmm. So like, but you learn a lot. It's like a, you know, you learn a lot in it because most of the stuff in there is comes from some kind of real source. Sure. And his uh, new um, position is down at a celebration church in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. And he has a school that they've hired him to be a content producer for this for this church. And um, I believe it's called the, the School of Divinity. Um, and so they actually are teaching like a two-year course. And it's not an accredited course, but they're actually, he's he's teaching a bunch of content for everybody. Anybody sure. can take that. Yeah. And so uh, that's what he's into right now. Cool. But yeah, like I awesome. said, you can find him online. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Okay. Have an awesome one. Yeah. You too. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> okay. Good times. Yeah.